Welcome back to Generations of Hunt podcast. How's it going? Who are you talking to? You. Oh. <laughs> There's three other people Starting off strong. <laughs> you just said, what, how's what's it going? Up? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Uh, we got some special guests, returning guests. Introduce you guys as well. Uh, Josh from A10 Outdoors. Brody from A10 Outdoors. Welcome back. Yeah. We're 30 Happy seconds in, and I really just realized why I start all these now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Matt's my start guy. Oh, He's, uh, He's my hype guy for sure, dude. Uh, so <clears throat> we had you guys on, I'd say about this time last year, wasn't it? Uh, pretty close, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with them, they are a big waterfowl group. Um, well, I don't want to mess that up totally, but no. 810 Outdoors is a big waterfowl group, and then you guys have your own apparel and all that you do, correct? That is correct. So they're going to be talking about kind of some of their waterfowl season, which for Joe and I is out of our normal, I guess, hunting. We don't do a ton of it. Um, I've never done it. I don't know if Joe's ever done it, but uh, it sounds like you guys uh, traveled a lot this year. Yes. Uh, we've, we, yeah, we went to North Dakota. Uh, Missouri, Wisconsin, and obviously we hunted the shit out of uh, Michigan as well. So North Dakota is pretty popular, but Wisconsin, is that a big waterfowl destination or is uh, it just something that... <clears throat> yes and no. So the reason we went to Wisconsin was um, we uh, teamed up with the Wild Race, which is Jessica Ann. She has a, uh, a nonprofit. She uh, takes children. Um, basically, they win a contest and they get to be on a TV show. She actually just announced she's, she wasn't with the Outdoorsman's Channel. Now she's on the Sportsman's Channel. Um, she's, she does a lot of crazy, crazy cool things for kids. And, uh, we did actual Michigan waterfowl after we did the Wisconsin, but that's what I went to Wisconsin for. We did a one night hunt out there for some waterfowl with one of our good friends. That's a guide. And, uh, we did end up, end up shooting a couple and my daughter, my youngest daughter, she went with us. She had a blast, but, uh, uh <clears throat> Wisconsin, you don't hear a lot about it because obviously it's basically the same flyway as us. I mean, there's not much more than what we got here type thing so it's not one of the real popular states by any means but um it's no north dakota or missouri that's for sure yeah it's more known for whitetail yeah right? like that yeah when you think of wisconsin you think of whitetail i think ice fishing and <laughs> yeah they're a top five whitetail you know um boone and crockett state so yeah you don't think much as far as waterfowl you know geese ducks anything like that so a little interesting there and now missouri for me i think of that as a whitetail state too yeah. i would have never thought to go down there and we guys duck or goose hunting uh so we were uh goose hunting snow goose hunting okay uh, when we went there um a buddy of mine that hunts with us every now and then uh he went with me down there and it was a weekend hunt we left uh thursday at like midnight got there the next morning about 11 a.m went right to the lodge uh todd's creek outfitters uh, great people over there and um the snow geese were insane they had so they have a refuge right across the street and i've we've seen snow geese in north dakota right maybe a hundred thousand geese or whatever yeah well they're talking about the refuge um last year they had somebody come out and there's 2.8 to 3 million geese out there this you know the conservation season time you know which is coming up right now uh, but while we were out there they i think they said it was like 150,000 200,000 birds in the whole sky like we just if you go to our youtube channel it's on there um we went to missouri it's not a long video by any means but uh, just to see the whole sky is nothing but birds, and it just it's an, it's unreal. We ended up only shooting like twenty birds, but uh, it just we had real foggy days. The weather wasn't the greatest, and it's not e collars like the best time for snow geese is with e collars when it pulls them down no matter what. You know, because you got to make that noise of a big spread. Um, but Missouri is very well known for because they're in that central flyway, and it's uh, 
it's crazy, man. I couldn't imagine seeing three million geese <laughs> in yeah. one yeah. body of water. Is, is that one of the places that has the uh, the bag limits? Is there a bag limit for so them? So in, I believe, I'm trying to remember on the snow, while we were out there, I'm drawing a blank right now, but I think it was 20 per person. Oh. But conservation at zero. Like, or I'm sorry, there's no, you don't have to have a plug in your gun because typically, you know, during regular season, two in the mag, one in the in the barrel. Um, there's no plugs. There's no limits to anything. They have e-callers, which is a big multiple speakers or one, depending on which one they got. And it's just screaming in the sky the whole time. So while we were out there just recently, there's a couple got three, get three, four guys on a call. And it's just hard to replicate a big feed, especially when there's a lot of fog to bring them down and it was just absolutely insane, but there were still a lot of birds there and got to see some cool spins because they, they're like a, can, a Canada goose, you know, come around and kind of circle in the, I mean, they just, they spiral down and it's just unreal. The amount of birds you see over there. Cause, uh, last year that was how it was in North Dakota. We got to see a pretty big spread over there and, or, uh, feed and, uh, it was pretty neat seeing them. But when you actually get to hunt them, be right underneath them, it's, it's surreal. So that's why we're super excited to get back. Cause we're actually going back out there. Um, four of us are going back out there uh march 3rd and uh that's conservation season no plugs it'll be my wife emily it's going to be her very first waterfall hunt ever and it's going to be a snow goose hunt in wow. conservation season so she's going to have a good time with that uh i hope <laughs> i'm sure she will <laughs> she's going to get shed on by some snow geese i'm sure yeah <laughs> when there's that many birds in the sky but do you uh, think that could ruin somebody though like getting that i don't in, th- like that is like so and then go to like back home and like maybe see like a I don't, a couple dozen it, it in there. Could, it could. Um, she's never, obviously, she's never hunted, and even here in Michigan, yes. Right. Whitetail hunted a couple times with me and whatnot. But uh, maybe just give her more dry. I want to keep doing it. Want, yeah. Cause, yeah. Because, sure. I mean, I, I do get homesick. Um, I think Brody does too. Yeah. Because, like, when we go to North Dakota, we're there for like, what, seven, eight days when we go yeah. last two years. So it's tough being away from your family and stuff. So these Missouri hunts are only like two or three days you're gone and bring the wife this time. It'll be a little easier, you know? Yeah, my kids <laughs> will still be home and whatnot, but uh, it'll be fun to have my wife go on trips with me because that's one thing I was talking to Brody about earlier today is next year I really want to start hitting more states. Just even if it's even just me or whoever wants to go, like that's why we built 810 Outdoors, you know, the clothing company, and we've been printing for a lot of other people and stuff. Uh, and that money is going towards for us to go hunt. It's Or doing youth events and everything, which we can talk about that in a little bit too that we're starting to get more into. Um, it's just a blast, man. It's, it's a dry, like just the, it's a passion. <laughs> it's yeah. all I think about, man. Just like you guys, I'm sure with whitetail hunting and, you know, shooting the bows and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it sounds like you guys probably live and just breathe for waterfowl season. Whereas oh, yeah. we kind of do that with deer season. I didn't realize that you could like, when is there, uh, the waterfowl season stop for you guys? So ours is already over in Michigan. Actually, I think doesn't goose open back up this weekend saturday so they do there's a bunch of different i'll let you explain that so there's so our regular season ends down here i want to say it was december what was it josh december 3rd i think so yeah and then they do like a a two-day split for the weekend where you can hunt ducks and geese at the end of i think it was beginning of january is when they did it it was december 29th or how many days was there in December? <laughs> the 31 yeah, I, wrong I'm, I'm the worst person to ask that. <laughs> I don't even know. Everybody's like, oh, there's no. Well, I think it's 30 just because today's January 31st. I could be wrong. Wait, I think, it, I think it's just, I think it was the 30th and the 1st. Let's go with that. We'll call it that. <laughs> no, we'll go there. There's no witchcraft you can hold in your hand and look at the days. But. <laughs> yeah. So then there's that. And then uh, usually they just do it a, 
straight two weeks where you can shoot geese, but they split it up this year. So they split it up to where you could shoot them for a week in January, and then February, starting Saturday, it opens back up for one week, and then it's done here. But the geese are gone. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. In how, our area. Yeah, I mean, how I haven't seen effective any. is that? If I it mean, stayed warm, there was a crap ton of geese around here, but now that yeah. it cooled right back down, they're gone. I heard some the other day. I didn't see them, but I heard them. But yeah, yeah. which they could have been a ways up. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about geese is they can be a long ways up. You're, like, looking for them, and then all of a sudden you look way up. They're way up there <laughs> migrating. Yeah. I mean, what's what's the constant change of like regulation and season time? Is that just something that the biologists are determined, or is it kind of just fly by the seat of their ass kind of thing? I think it's kind of just fly by the seat. Of their ass. <laughs> yeah, most, I think most people would say that, to be honest with you, because it's mean, always it's, a debate. It's all, federal, it's all federal stuff, so they changed it to where because it goes by zones in Michigan, right? North zone, mid zone, south zone, and they changed like. The zones around last year to where the whole bay is now part of the mid zone before part of the bay was part of the lower zone so it's they did it i think to make it easier i believe i don't know (laughs) it's it's never enough to be honest with you it gets it gets frustrating like even like the past couple years it seemed like everything would freeze up geese would leave and then it opened back up and then they'd be here but season be over it, it's like i think that's the way it is it just i don't know anybody that really ever kills geese this time of year and i mean i'm I sure could. there are people there is but i don't know like i don't have any buddies or acquaintances that i know that are out just smashing birds right now in michigan i couldn't imagine even going out i mean today it's it would suck but like uh the rest the, the weather the rest of this winter has been all right but on average uh i couldn't imagine sitting out there in 10 degree oh, weather yeah. trying to we broke ice this year on the duck boat, getting to a getting to the spot and getting stuck in the ice. I mean, it's just, it, it, but it's it's so worth it though, to be honest with you. The only disadvantage, especially when it's this cold, yes, it's cold. We have heaters in the boats and then the blinds. Even in the A-frame blinds, that have top open tops. You still stay pretty warm because the heater's right in front. It's just like being in a um, hub blind. If you have it right in front, of you, you yeah. stay pretty warm, right? So it's kind of the same thing there. But like the dogs, it's this cold. Dogs can't hunt. It's way too cold for them. So it's then not you guys got to go out and get them. Yeah, yeah. which so, when there's ice. Makes it hard. <laughs> so how do you guys decide the the retriever for the day? Do you guys just flip a coin or? Just we have pretty much it depends on the volley, how many birds we shoot at one time. A lot of times, a lot of all of us are jumping out to grab birds. Okay. Yep. There's been times where I've caught holes in ice with chainsaw just to keep the birds there. Oh, so they, yeah, they, they, you yeah, once you guys shot them, they just sit there and then you just round them all up at the end. Yeah. Yeah. There's, so, if if yeah. we cut a hole in the ice, to we'll. we'll or we'll put pumps in holes to keep them open because if there's food and there's open water, the birds won't leave. They'll stay here. Okay. So, like, t- the last three days, if there were any geese around, they're pretty much gone now with the bay starting to freeze up and everything else. Yeah, unless they're sitting on a river somewhere where it doesn't freeze up. Yeah. Um. So, in Michigan, you guys primarily hunt private land and then Saginaw Bay. Yep. yep. You guys ever, uh, what's that, St. Charles, you ever venture out? Up there, they have like a refuge up there that I know I've deer hunted and it was pretty popular for some waterfowl. No, we try to stay away from the refuges because there's a bunch of jackasses there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that you guys have ran into some issues or? Uh... Well, I mean, it's hard to shoot birds there because everybody just sky busts at them when they're 100 yards up in the air and don't let birds work. Yeah. So all the birds are call shy. All the birds don't want to work. They don't want to do anything. They don't, 
There was no shortage of shooting when I was out there. Oh, that's it, right Because um, yeah, we were. I mean, I, it was weird because uh, even the deer didn't really seem to care because we butted up to the side, the refuge side, um, where they were duck hunting. They had some flooded corn. Yep. And uh, they came in on the river, and I watched a good herd of does bed down right next to the river, and then lay there all day as duck boats just went by and by and by. Houston. And uh, and then they, you know, they're only going a couple hundred yards, and yeah, it was. I mean, shooting all day, but yeah, I wasn't sure just because obviously uh, it seemed like a pretty popular place when I was out there. <laughs> no, uh, we we did say that next year, next season, we might try to go try the uh, the east side of Michigan. Would be the Sinclair, like uh, Point Mulay. Yeah. There, like, there's some other spots down there. Because the other thing we just got into is called diver hunting. I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video we did where we're five miles out in the Saginaw Bay on a little UFO-looking boat, just floating, two of us in a boat. And then there's a, a tender boat way at, what, 800 yards or whatever, four or 500 yards away from us. And we're just shooting the shit out of diver, you know, old squaw, scoters. Um, that's really all we shot this year because right, we got into it a little later. Hills. So are there, a, for public land opportunities, how much public land do duck and geese hunters really have available to them? There's quite a bit in Michigan. Yeah. There, there is a lot. I mean, you got the whole Saginaw Bay. There's, I may be wrong here, but there's four or five different places for the draws, like the uh, refuge areas. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I think Michigan's got a lot of state land that's got a lot yeah. of wetlands on it. Yeah, I just had that talk with uh, somebody in Wisconsin this year while we were at that youth event. We were talking about that, like, Michigan does have one of the most, like, not one of the most, but they have a ton of just public areas for duck hunters. Because, let's be honest, private land is tough to get right now. We, I figured, uh, I think it was in a month, we all we spent over a 1,000 miles in, the like, the mid-Michigan area looking for spots. I think it was. Between, what, three vehicles? Yeah, you pretty much get one yes to 20 no's. Yeah, because... Um, my cut, co- my, my cousin's son's blah, 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 hunting yeah. it, or it's, it's always like, you can just, just tell me no. <laughs> well, that's crazy. You, know, cause uh, you really don't see that many no goose hunters or ducks hunters no, anymore. The, like sometimes I, when I drive by, I'm like, wow, that's cool that I see them. But like, I do a lot of traveling and I barely see any anymore. Yeah. I would yeah. say the most time I see goose hunters is that early, early season, September, before deer season but fair, then fair weather hunters yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then once uh once that kind of like deer season starts man i don't i couldn't name five you know waterfowl hunters you know off the top of my head let alone see them out in fields <laughs> yeah. or anything like that yeah it's not the case around i mean it's if you look for them like where we're going right. you find them it's like damn it <laughs> or the other big thing that's been going on is there's a lot of guy a lot more outfitters around here now a lot of people like, leasing fields out it, that's what we had late late season they were out uh doing some scouting and then, what was it two or the three of the fields or whatever they're like oh such and such from downstate's got it already yeah and he's paying this amount we're like what yeah. <laughs> so do you guys when you're scouting for public land so i i imagine technically all public land is open to waterfowl at least that I, what i can deer hunt do you guys ever just go into areas and look for something that might hold some ducks or some geese and oh yeah yep yep do you run into a lot of people that are doing the same or do you run into angry deer hunters i don't th- i know when back when i was in high school we used to hunt the crap out of the lapeer state game area and we pissed a lot of deer hunters off out there <laughs> 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 uh, i imagine that uh encounter uh Almost never goes well. <laughs> I mean, we were just a bunch of kids, too. We were all still yeah. in high school, 16 years old, and there was usually some old guy screaming and yelling at us because he's mad because we messed his deer hunt up. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, bro. <laughs> welcome, to, 
public land. Yeah, yeah. Unfor- that's the unfortunate thing. You know, you try to be respectful as possible, right. but unfortunately, it's it's public land. You know, you're trying to get to your spot. That's you deal with the same thing with other deer hunters. Yeah, you know, they're gonna sit yeah. up right next to you. I'd much rather see somebody out there trying to duck hunt or whatever right. than some guy like walking their dogs or oh, something yeah. that oh, just yeah. like in a car, brown Carhartt. And all that. In the middle of deer season, you're like, wow, dude. I actually get more nervous about that when I'm rabbit hunting because just um, one of the places I take my dogs, there's people are regularly just walking and stuff like that, and they'll bring their dogs. Well, mine are not on leashes, and there's a 50-50 chance theirs aren't either, and I don't know how their dogs are going to react. So it always makes me a little bit nervous. But the... I don't know. I've never ran in. The only other negative issue I've had with uh, public land was mushroom hunters while I was trying to turkey hunt. Oh, okay. They just walk right, like, within, like, 50 yards of where yeah. I'm set up as if they can't see this giant blind with decoys <laughs> and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing on the bay, too. Like, we go up Saginaw Bay to hunt, and you set up, and then you got some, some people come in right before shooting hours, and they'll set up 50 yards away from you. Right up windy or down. Do you, do you deal with a lot of like people fishing or fishing charters when you're out duck hunting or goose um, hunting out there? Or no. Diver hunting, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we really did ever during puddler. You know, we're hunting puddlers. You know. No, there's not gonna. I mean, it's, no, because we're in shallow, shallow water. Yeah, the only time you'd have that is somebody bass fishing, but it'd be yeah. pretty hard for them to get back there where we're hunting at. Okay. Yeah, you guys got your special. Uh, I don't know what it's called. That motors run through mud, man. Mud motors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surface yeah. drives. Yep. There's a couple times I wasn't there, and I I knew what was going to happen. Ugh. I was smart enough to stay home. They put a winch on the boat, and they were had to winch in and out. Which, I my boat did not have one on it. I actually just recently sold that boat because I was just, and it, it, that was a part of it. I was just so pissed off because the bay, the water fluctuates so much. And we went out there. There was about 18 inches of water, and we, we fucked up. Like, we stayed out a little longer than we should have because we knew the water was going to go. We knew the water was going to push out. Yeah, I never know it was going to push out that much. I've never really experienced That was like my first real year getting big into the bay. You loved it, didn't you? And no, I hated it. I was by myself <laughs> with my dog because they got it. They had a winch on their boat, and I said, I'll just stay. Because we thought we could winch each other back there. That's That was the plan. This was mid-zone opener. And uh, I was like, we're, we're running close on time. You guys go ahead and go back there. I'll stay up here with my dog. He's talking about people setting up. These people come right up behind me, and I was like, hey, just come hunt with me. Like, we'll all hunt together. You can come sit in my boat because they were, like, I think they were in, like, a John boat or something carrying all their stuff. I was like, you guys come hunt with me. They had another dog. Their dog was aggressive with other dogs, so we couldn't hunt together. I was like, my dog's good. Just keep your dog on your end or whatever, you know. But anyways, they ended up shooting behind. They were in behind me. They shot birds. I didn't really see much, but I had the other guys. But anyways, they went out. Um, they were in their spot. They were shooting birds, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I'm going to go back, and after I heard those people leave because I don't want to mess up their hunt, and uh so i went out i started to go out and i kept getting stuck like just jam stuck in the mud and i get out into the big <laughs> channel and i was like where is all the water the water is gone like it's literally just a little trail of water like 18 inches wide and that's it you wouldn't think it happens but you get a south wind and that water just yeah. yeah, I only know about the south wind for ice fishing. Ugh. It's like the most dangerous conditions you can get out on the bay for ice because it just it blows everything out into the lake. Yeah, but it's I was so I don't think I've been that mad. I almost left the, it was what that boat's probably worth what thirteen fourteen thousand dollars probably. I almost said fuck that boat. I was so <laughs> pissed. I didn't care. I was so mad. I was by myself. I'm calling these guys, Travis and Seth, and uh, Dan was with them too. I was like. 
you guys got to get out of here. The the boat, the water's still going down, like in the back area where and it holds shoot, up. And they're still yeah, shooting. I hear them shooting in the background. I was like, what the <laughs> f are you doing? Yeah, they didn't listen. They didn't so listen. They to say they is, that, is that that one picture you posted yeah. uh, of you guys like pushing boats and all that? That was during earlier season, like when we were scouting. But I have a picture on my phone. I'll show you guys after we're done here with this. Um, the, literally, Travis's boat, the Prodigy already sits low as it is, and it, there's literally no water. He's in mud. Yeah, just and it's hard mud. It's not like smooth. Was it four or five hours they spent trying to get the boat? I think it was like four hours. I was already back at the camp. I ended up getting my boat. I pushed my boat by myself, push and pull. I, I have a, I'm almost positive a hernia right now. <laughs> I was pushing so hard I was making myself almost pass out, and <laughs> that's something that actually did happen this year. But uh, <laughs> um, pushing so hard, my dog's like, like, what's going on? You could hear like he's getting like trying to figure out what, why we're not moving or anything. It, you could tell he's like, you know, a dog. Yeah. They know, you know. And I was getting frustrated because I felt bad for him because he hadn't ate yet and all this stuff and nothing for him to drink. And I'm dying. I have a little bit of water and I'm pushing and pulling, getting super pissed. And I get to a certain point where the boat's just stuck. I can't do nothing anymore because I, what I would do is I would shake the front of the boat back and forth, like go side to side, and it would create like a little channel enough where you could push the boat a little bit. But that's like what probably 12 inches at a time, yeah. at 300 yards. Finally, I get almost to the end, and uh, these two guys on the pier, I can't remember his name, super nice guy, lived up at that area. He comes out there in his waders and starts helping me. Because we're not, like, the pier is right there. You could see the pier and everything, and people walk out on it, and I, the guy see me struggle and come out and help, and it took us still another hour to get me out of there. Jeez. And then I get going finally, and I get stuck again right into the big channel, like right on the edge of it because the water's so low out there, like to get into the channel for the where the boat launch is. And I, I literally, I was so pissed. We we took we pulled my camper up there too, and we're staying up there. And I get back to the camper. I said, "I'm not doing nothing else. Fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> I'm so done with this shit." <laughs> I ca I called them, and I think they were in the middle of pulling uh, Travis's boat out still. They were telling me everything that was going on, and I had a cold beer in my hand, and I'm thinking to myself, "Sucker." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's uh, you know, it's it sucked that day, but it's still fun. Like it's obviously fun. It's still fun to tell people about. It. I show pictures and stuff, and they're like, "Holy shit," you know. Like mud boat, I think it would push through it. No, it's just, it's not like you would see it's mud. It's hard bottom. It's hard bottom. I mean, you guys have been on the bay, right? Yeah. I mean, I know you said you have. It's it's hard bottom saying, you know, it doesn't move in that stuff. Yeah, it's sand everywhere. Yeah, so it was just absolutely insane. And like I said, they took them forever to get back, and then they were so frustrated, too. They end up just going to the bar, and they all come back drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Except for one, you know, the uh, Brittany, she ended up driving them all back home because they were all sloshed. It was hilarious, but... And then going out the next morning, we stayed out in the deep water on the edge. <laughs> we were like, I, I wanted, I was ready to go home. I, I didn't, I didn't care. I was so pissed off. And uh, we ended up going out Sunday morning. I think we only shot a few birds, but it was still fun. But to me, more like, I'm still like, what has it been? Six years. I've been doing this like diehard, five, six years, and I still enjoy just going out there. Even if we don't shoot a bird, I still enjoy being with the guys, you know, the whole crew and everything. And because we always have fun. Even we'll start like. There'd be arguments and stuff, and by the end of it, everyone's happy, go lucky. We'll go, you know, to Matt. You know, you guys know Madden's here in town. Um, we'll go there for a drink after, or, you know, a couple other bars or whatever, and just hang out after and talk about it, and everything's good, and we're talking where we hunting next, you know. Do you think that the drought we had this year had a negative impact on the way you guys were able to hunt or even, like, the, the birds in general? For sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. There was a lot of fields that we usually hunt that, have wa that hold water in them. They didn't have any water Zero in the water. this year. We usually shot, shoot a lot of birds out of those fields. So it definitely was a factor, but 
what is that saying? Adapt and overcome. Yeah. yeah. And we tried. And the big thing too this year was a lot. Pe- everybody was a little more busy this year. I, I say that right, but uh, like Travis, you know, he got that's that's in our group. Um, you know, he got a new position at work and stuff, so he's more concentrated on that stuff. So we didn't have those nights where you go out on a Friday night and go scout. You know, and yeah. then so you know where you're going to go the next morning. You know, same thing with Brody. You know, Brody's got got a lot going on too, and even myself and outside of Seth, I mean, he was the one that, but he's just always, he'd always be there to go scout with us, but he didn't have the boat and everything else. So just made it a little more tough to get out and uh, scout and whatnot. But uh, especially if we wanted to hunt the bay, because the bay is good. It'll treat you good. There's people I know that go out there every time and they just about limit out because they had time to go scout. Waterfowl hunting, you have to scout. Sometimes you get lucky. You found a decent spot. Cool. Other times it's just, you're going to see a couple birds and you get, some people get super pissed and give up on it. We don't give up. We still have fun. Yeah. I mean, we make, even this early goose season, we didn't really have that much to hunt because there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't that much winter wheat around. Everything was either corn or soybeans. So there was not the food around here for the birds to eat. So yeah, it was hard to hunt them. So when you're scouting, what are you visually looking for? Are you visually trying to see the birds themselves yeah. or there's not like sign or anything like that? No, pretty much just get up in the morning. If you know where there's a spot where there's birds roosting, Go over there, watch them fly off the roost, and go see where they're feeding at. And try and get permission on the field. So it's a similar to turkeys, right? And I mean, obviously, a different bird, they react different. But when you're scouting for turkeys, you're looking to see where they're roosting, either coming off in the morning to go yep. eat, or when at night where they're going, the, the route they're taking to get yep. back home. Yep, just a lot farther. Yeah, because yeah, they obviously just fly turkeys. Yeah. They uh they enjoy just getting to the ground as fast as possible. Yeah, there's times where we chase them off a roost and it pisses me off because they'll look like they're about to lock up on Woodfield, spin on it one time, and then head back the other direction, go land right back on a roost. <laughs> yeah. So are they because obviously I have turkey hunting more like a turkey if he sees you while he's up on roost he'll just stay there for a little while and he'll kind of be quiet before he comes down will geese do that or will they just decide to fly the opposite way see yeah, ya they'll see, you. <laughs> see they, ya if they see you they're gone but geese they meet meet for life so there's been times where if a pair comes in and you shoot one of them and the other one flies away it's gonna come right back around and you're gonna have another opportunity to shoot that one too. Cause it's like, well, where'd my buddy go? <laughs> in, in, a, in a really think about it, that fucking sucks for that bird. Yeah, <laughs> he just yeah. killed my mate. Like, it, it does suck, but for them, <laughs> you it's come back uh, and you'll die too. Yep. But it's uh, yeah, early season. Usually, early season, we're talking. I, I thought about it earlier, and this thing was early season. We talking about fair weather hunters. That is the easiest time to kill geese because they're they're dumb. They are so dumb in the early season. Super easy. And then as time goes on, it's obviously it gets harder. Birds get educated, especially if they're up there in the north area where people are sky busting them constantly. And yeah, it just birds get birds are educated. You think about a bird, birds follow every year. They typically come back to the same spot. They follow landmarks. They follow expressway. Like it's birds know it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. That little brain can do all that. And they get educated. They see blinds the way uh, people spreads are set up. You know, you do a typical U or a W, you can't do that towards late late season. You got to break things up. You got to do different stuff with your blind, everything, you know, your setup. It just, it gets harder and harder as season goes on. Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing, though, is you, your hide. Your hide oh, is yeah. huge. Oh, yeah, 95% of your success is your hide. You got to be brushed in good because they'll pick you right out, just like turkeys do. How, like, how do you brush your dog in? Same way we brush our blinds in. It, <clears throat> so that was always a thing for me. I was kind of like... Because a dog would be hanging out of the blind, 
And I'm like, is it the dog? You know, if we had birds flare or something or they just didn't work. Well, we're out in Missouri. Like these guys, that's what they do professionally all the time. Like there's guys from all over the country. We have hundred people from Iowa, Kentucky, was Ohio, Kentucky, Iowa, and Missouri were all hunting with us. And uh, that was a conversation that guy brought up. We were talking about dogs. And he goes, why do you care about the dog? They don't bird. They don't really mess with it. I'm like, even if we're out there swimming, doesn't really mess with them. I was, you think about it, a bird is scared of what? Predators. To me, a dog, obviously, is, it looks like a predator or a bird, but they say it's not as what you think. It's more of a human. They're looking for humans and like taller objects and more things that look more out of place, not a dog. I don't know how true that is, but like these, that's what these guys do, you know? Like, I mean, if your dog's out, out running around in the decoys or something like that, yeah, they're probably going to flare, but in the blinds, the only thing that's sticking out is their head. That's the yeah. only thing that you can see. So do geese act like turkeys in the same effect as when you shoot their buddy, they just turn and try to attack it? No. 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 <laughs> you ever Which is aw- Oh, yeah. I had that this year. <laughs> yeah. It's in my YouTube video. That other time, other two times are kicking the shit out of the one I shot. Yeah, yeah they just they just take off. Yeah. That's one of the dumber things I see in an animal do in the wild is just try to, after they someone their buddy gets shot, they turn around and try to beat the shit out of it. Wasn't it because that was a dominant bird, so now yeah. they're trying to assert dominance on them? And- right. Yeah, if you shoot, if you a goose, if you cripple it and it's still alive, some of them they'll try and beat the shit out of you though. Oh yeah, yeah imagine yeah when you go yeah. pick it up. Yep. How does the dog react to that? Like if you have a, a if you have a dog that, I guess have you ever had a dog run into a situation where they go out after a bird like that and they're just kind of afraid of it or anything like that? So yes, uh, Grizzly, my dog, he once you get him used to it, it's fine. Now he he runs right through him, he pile drives him. But Dixie, when she was younger, she I think she wasn't even a year old yet. No, she was like 10 months old, her first hunt. And it was in the water. The bird was pretty much dead, but its wings were flapping around, and it scared her. So now she's scared to pick up geese. She, she's gotten a lot, lot better with yeah. it, but it comes with time. And yep. dogs learn from other dogs. And yeah. the dogs become very competitive, like Grizzly. Grizzly's always been our main main dog. Like, that's the dog that's all, usually always in our hunts. He's the most experienced. You know, every one of us have dogs now, for the most part, outside of Seth. Yep. Um Daniel on our group just got a puppy. Want to hit uh, same genetics as Grizzly, which is badass because that's a badass bloodline. Um, but they just they grow from each other and watch, and it, it's it's super cool to see. But yeah, now that was a crazy thing with Dixie because she would literally go up to the goose, realize it was a goose, and she's like, "No." Yeah, she would. <laughs> yeah. Ducks. She'd pick up ducks all day long. Did you find it more difficult to train the male or the female? I didn't train a female. I've only trained. I've trained two males and. It was pretty easy for the most part. Oh, okay. Yeah, which actually today I was Males talk- are more stubborn than females are, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. That's Grizzly, just- my dog Grizzly, I'll tell you right now, he's a dickhead. And yeah. he irritates me a lot <laughs> because he sometimes he doesn't want to listen. Yeah. He, he, he The drive in that dog is absolutely insane. <laughs> he's a typical male, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I have a male and a female beagle, and I've found that this female beagle has been a lot harder to get on track, whereas the male, a lot more stubborn. Yeah. He's you know, been shocked a lot more than the other one. <laughs> picked um, up on it faster. But he picked up on it way faster. I bring yeah. this puppy out, and she's just like, like she listens, but, man, she's just all over the place. I'm like, man, what will you come over here? And then now she'll just, like, if he starts barking, she barks and messes him up because he doesn't know what's going on now. So, yeah, I've, uh, I was wondering if it was the same kind of for you guys uh, with training your dogs. Also, I mean, I think it's any kind of hunting dog, too. It's the bloodline, too, also helps a lot. Oh, yeah. Genetics I mean, any, is huge. Any dog will hunt, but. How well they hunt. And how easy they are to train, too. Yeah. That's why my dumb, my dog is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was kind of uh, kind of cool today. I had a, I, a 
buddy I've, I've actually never met him in person you know through tiktok and snapchat and stuff uh he's a pretty big outfitter he travels the country and today we were chatting and we were chatting about something else and he goes i gotta ask you a question and i was like go ahead what's up and he goes who'd you guys send your dogs off to i said do it ourselves and he's like no way like i'm sending my dog pen twenty five hundred dollars or whatever it was to send their dog i was like Holy shit. But no, that, that was cool. Like, obviously, like I told in the video, like 90% of the dog you see is either, I um, should say 90%, um, Dixie and Grizzly are the main dogs we have out. So how did you guys go about getting them started? Like, I mean, as far as obviously you bought them as puppies, you know, at what point did you start working on them with um, retrieving and stuff like that? Or what what do you teach them to be effective out when you're hunting? So I just started out like uh, he was three months old when I got him. So like every day that young they don't have the attention span but i just start with you can take a hallway somewhere where they only have one entrance in and out to where they can't get away from you and just throw a toy for them that way he brings it right back to me and i got him in the winter time so it was pretty i did a lot of inside training with him just basic obedience until they reach about six seven months old that's when you start going more into depth with them once you have your, your basic obedience down then you dive more into the more advanced training of you know like sit stay kennel are all things that I, I taught Grizzly in the basic obedience. And then, uh, they I don't know if you guys know what hand casting is. <clears throat> so there's whistle training, hand, there's all kinds of stuff for retriever training, I guess. So the hand casting is you can teach a dog on, to sit on a whistle, and you can teach them, like, if you move your hand to the left, to teach your dog to go to the left or right or back. And I did that with, like, two, three-foot food bowls and started teaching them that with a couple pieces of food in each bowl here. At first, I would just start with one ball on the left, put a couple pieces of food in there until he understood the left, and then went to the right, and then to the back, and then combined all three of them together and started doing it that way. And then after that, I mean, he got old enough. We warmed up. We were outside, and he just picked up on it. How old were they when you first put them around a gun? Ooh, I think Grizzly was about eight or nine months. And he, he wasn't really gun shy. I didn't have any issue with him. Um, I don't think Travis had any issues with Dixie, and did you have any issues? What's that? With gun shy? Oh yeah, Chase was gun shy. Yeah, Chase, my uh, my youngest or my oldest dog Chase, he was gun shy. Brody, Brody and I went out. Uh, we started off at 100 yards, and he hated it. Like he's like, what the hell? And then we just slowly, you know, every once in a while, Brody be like, hey, you got some time? Let's go do it. So we'd go to our, you know, Daniel's house, and he's got a. Nice little pond back there, so we let them, because the big thing is the distraction. Let them have fun, because all their puppies, let them have fun doing what they're doing, and then shoot, so that it becomes na- uh, natural to them. Um, you're supposed to wait six months, and that's what I did with Chase, and that's what we did. Daniel's dog, actually, thank God, was not gun-shy either. Yeah. You know, like uh, Dixie or Grizzly. And Loki, my other dog, Loki, he was like, what are we doing? What is this? And he was sick, you know, his first experience around gun, he loved it. But Chase, he did not like it. He was, like, hauling ass the other way. He's like, screw this, I'm out. So it was uh, it's kind of kind of discouraging at first because a gun shy dog is tough. Yeah, but. I've heard that it's hard to break. I got lucky with my two beagles. Um, obviously, training for beagles is a lot different. Like I don't have to train them to do a ton of commands. It's pretty basic right. obedience. Like I just need you to listen, <clears throat> and then get them out into the field and um, pretty much get them on the track that they're going on. So it's a little bit easier there. But the biggest thing with them is being gun shy. So I ended up. Uh, Day one, 
you know, I guess not day one, but like, you know, after the first month, let them get kind of adjusted in the home. And then I just make like, I'd be super loud. Like I'd go get like random pots and pans and start hitting them together. And then I'd start giving them treats just to get like, uh, get them used to loud noises. And then, um, because I got both my dogs in the summer, whenever I'd go and shoot my gun for deer season and make sure it was all sighted in, I'd take them out and I'd put them 200 yards away and then shoot or whatever and then i had to have my wife come because i didn't she would go with the dog and then i'd ask how they reacted well the male was actually real kind of jumpy and then we ended up getting him up to like 50 yards and he was still jumpy but i knew he would be fine because he wasn't running away and i could call him over to me after i shot and then um that's pretty much what i did there the female though she wasn't jumpy at all man that dog didn't really that dog could care less. The only time I seen her jump was uh, the first time I popped one of my shotgun rounds off and she was like 20 feet away. She jumped and looked at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> but now my male, he's so accustomed to that shot being us shooting at rabbits that he'll actually, uh, he'll if he sees you, he'll turn and start running to you to yeah. try and find whatever you were just shooting at. That's, that's how my dog Loki is. Like he... Uh, the other day I was, um, we just got my, my wife just bought her first shotgun, semi-automatic shotgun for this hunt and, uh, A300 Brody. Oh yeah. The best gun there. <laughs> Badass gun, but just the action, just, uh, pulling the bolt back. The dog's like, he's running in there. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> that dog loves guns. It's hilarious. Chase just kind of like, Chase is going to be more of my, my first dog. He's only, he just turned two. He's going to be more of the house dog, I think, or just take him out on the boat type. But uh, Loki, he, I want to next year. That's my goal is get him in the field more. Cause again, you know we have Grizz, like Grizzlies. How old? Five. He'll be six this year. Six. So he's got a few more years left in him, and it's going to be time for you know, unfortunately, to start slowing him down because obviously, you know, uh, joints and everything else on yeah. the labs, it just starts beating him down. Cause let's be honest, North Dakota last year, not this year, but last year, it, it probably took a couple years off of Grizzly. The mud was so bad. Even this year. Yeah, this year was pretty tough too, but last year was unreal. That dog, poor dog, struggling. He, he, he pushed through it. He didn't give a shit. He wanted those birds. <laughs> yeah, because that one, that one. I remember that one at the. Uh, that was like what three hundred yards, two three hundred yards. There was this even, year. Yeah, that teal that dove on him. He never yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. That was a long retrieve. Like we're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but the was, dog, he's like, I want it. <laughs> I mean, that's <clears throat> the mud's not real thick, but. You step in it and it just grabs yep. right onto you and then on top of that there was like a half inch of ice there too oh. so he's like pouncing busting the ice pouncing right into that mud there's a couple times we had to stop yeah my vehicles won't do that <laughs> <laughs> i mean they'll uh they'll they'll run through some stuff but uh <laughs> they have a, a bit of a limit as far as uh if i tried taking them through some mud i <laughs> can imagine they'd Tell me to eat shit. Do you ever have an issue with your beagles trying to run uh, deer? So I actually just ran into it. So the male beagle, the very first time I ever took him out, I took him out with the guy I bought him from, and his puppy took off on deer and mine followed it. We actually didn't find the dog. What ended up happening was it got dark out. We got his two dogs back, and mine didn't come with them. So we put my jacket down where we picked his two dogs up, and then where we let him go. And like two or three hours later, we came back where we found his dog and mine was laying on my jacket. So the only other time he ran deer was last year was about middle of the season. And I knew the moment he took off that he was on a deer and 
I shocked him and he yiped and just kept going. And so I turned it up and I <coughs> dropped him. And the moment I dropped him, he turned around and he came back and he didn't run deer at all. But then just yesterday I had a, twice I had issues with him. He won't like scent them and track them, but he must have seen them and went after them. Really? Um, and uh, thankfully though, he I spent the money and got GPS. So um i didn't even the first time i just toned him and he came back and the puppy followed and then the second time i knew right away so i got up in the top of the hill and they were out in the middle of a field which <laughs> rabbits don't generally run out to the middle of the field right. so i zapped both of them real quick i didn't even tone them i just zapped them and they came right yeah. back and uh a lot of with beagles is um boredom if you're not having a good day, they'll get bored, and then something like that, like a, a deer, squirrel, something like that, anything for them to go after, they're going to go after. So that's where your obedience training with a beagle comes in because both those dogs, that male knows he's not supposed to do that. That's why he came back so fast, but the female doesn't, so she's just following him. But if they don't, if you have a dog that doesn't listen, like the first time it happened, he, they're just going to keep running them and running them and running them, and, and that's how you end up losing a dog. Yeah, that that would freak me because we there a couple, couple times this year people lost their dogs in Michigan. Yeah, their labs waterfall hunting, and I I couldn't even imagine. I mean, my dogs are my family. They, like oh, my dogs yeah. sleep in bed with me. Yep. Well, my, <laughs> my wife's a third shift nurse, and my dogs literally sleep on top of me, like right up against me, both sides of them. One usually has got his head laying on me, and I know Brody's the same way. Like something happens to my dog, that's like because we just lost a dog. Uh, she passed away what two years ago now or a year and a half two years ago and it was I'm still like I still feel it because I was so like, she was family you know well that's when we the when I lost him that that one night I was like because his the guy I went with he had GPS collars on his dogs but at the time I didn't have one on mine right. and uh, I was like how am I going to get these dogs back he was so confident the guy I was with was like oh don't worry about it like he'll come back <laughs> and I was like how are you going to like it's pitch black dark right. out we're out at Rose Lake where there's coyotes everywhere, and I have a seven-month-old beagle pup that's just out there by himself. And Coyote. I was like, yeah, I was like, man, there's no way that this dog's going to make it. Well, sure shit. Two, you know, a couple hours later, we come back, and he was he was like, he, he, he'll track you back to your jacket. Once he gets to your jacket, he's going to stop moving. And that's exactly what he did. And as soon okay. as we pulled up, sure. he was right there, and he – was real nervous because he couldn't see with the lights, but once he realized who it was, man, that dog went insane. <laughs> but being a puppy, the a good majority of the rest of rabbit season, he could be tracking a rabbit, and if he couldn't see me, he'd stop and he'd come back because he got so scared oh, about yeah. that. But he's gotten over that now. But um, for my sake of mind and just you know my ability to train them better, I spent the money, got a GPS collar, so oh, now smart. like. Uh, if I tone him and he's coming back, I can see it, whereas before I was just guessing. Right. It'll tell um, you direction and everything that's yep. going on there, right? Yep. It'll tell me direction. It'll tell me how far they are, and it goes up to nine miles. So um, now I don't worry at all. Like, I'll let him run. I let him run a lot farther than I used to before because of the fact that uh, I can see. The other thing is, is you can tell. It'll pull up a map and show the exact trail they're running. So I'll see okay, man, he's ran two, 250 yards, and he's not circled back, he's not on a rabbit anymore. 
you know, so if he, you know, I, if he starts circling back after 150, 200 yards, okay, he's on a rabbit, just let him keep running. But if he's going farther than that, he's more than likely on a deer or something else. Right. So I need one of those for, get. I need one of those for Grizzly. <laughs> so I, I have that for uh, uh, Chase um, when he was a puppy. Like, that was always my thing. Like, we just lost that other dog, you know, to it, you know, just a um, tragic death type thing. And, uh, Literally, I was like, I'm buying a freaking GPS. I can't lose another dog, you know, and it was nothing to be getting hit by a car, nothing like that. But I was like, I, my dog runs away. Somebody steals them. I mean, yeah, they could pull the collar off them, but it was called a FI, fi collar, F-I. Um, it was like $30. The original buy was on sale, and then it was like $7 a month. And it actually came in uh, handy one day. We were out setting up at a field, and we're all getting set up, not even thinking about it, because Chase usually stays right with us. And all of a sudden, I think Brody goes, where's Chase at? And I was like... And I'm looking around, we can't find him. And I, all of a sudden, I look up, and he's way out there. And then my phone goes, uh, Chase is without an owner, because it'll tell you. My watch goes off, my phone, it says Chase is without an owner, and it'll tell you the address. And he was out getting out by the road. Oh, yeah. But it was like a dirt road, but still. like it's, I was like, oh, my God, my heart sunk. So we're screaming at him, like, get over here, you know? And it was it was scary, but uh, um, it's so important for people, you know, especially get your dog, you know, if you don't get them chipped, like, have something on your dog that says who you are. Because, fortunately, today's day, you got a lot of these dog fighter people like they'll take the, you know, if they find a dog, they can use it for other things and, or they'll just keep your dog. Cause it's just a cool dog. They won't even tell yeah. you, Hey, I found this dog in such and such address, but there's also a lot of good people out there too, that will go to the end of the earth to help you find your dog. So, but that fi collar, I, I haven't used it in a while. While we were in North Dakota, I put it on my dog. Cause it just gives me that peace of mind. Cause I got two young daughters, you know, their brains aren't on the same wavelength yeah. of that type of stuff. And if the, somehow they get out of the house, the chances of them, we live in the city, you know, like in the city. And if they get out like in the main road, like M15, like really busy road, 36,000 cars a day, yeah. chance of them getting hit is pretty freaking high. Yeah. So like that's the stuff that scares me, you know, and um, that's why I was like, I'm putting the fire collar back. And when I'm home, I know they're good because, I mean, I could have a bad day, but it's just the chances a lot more. Thankfully, I have a fenced-in backyard. So when Same. I'm at home, the dogs generally aren't – aren't they don't have collars on unless they are – well, they're beagles, so some days they're just like kids, and they'll just do, like, there'll be whole days where I'm just blown away at some of the things they're doing, getting into the trash, <laughs> chewing on shoes, and it's like, man, like, why today, you know? So, like, uh, if they're doing that, I won't even turn the collar on. I'll just put it on them, and they immediately will just, yeah. their whole demeanor changes. Because um, I try not, like, I have a shot collar for them, but I try to avoid shocking them. Like, there's there are certain things that will immediately like i don't even like if they chase a deer i don't generally even give them a chance because i right. just don't want them to do it but man 99 percent of the time i'll tone them and tone them and tone them and tone them until they finally either turn around or like man like i've given you enough chances but both dogs have learned pretty quickly like if they start hearing that beep and that was the other thing with the new collar it's a louder beep so they hear it a lot better right. um and they listen a ton better because of it but uh yeah when i'm hunting you wouldn't catch me any any time out in the woods with my dogs without having those GPS collars, especially because of the type of dog they are. Yeah. Right. Um, because, yeah, you never know what's going to pique their interest that day, and they just take off. And, yeah, to be able to quickly look and see, okay, like, yeah, he's three three houses down. i got to go get him. But right. it, it makes it – I'd rather deal with that than – what I dealt with that first yeah. night I took that dog out. I would be yeah, we got, lost. <laughs> we have, there's 180 acres behind our house, and 
when I like Grizzly out, he usually listens to me pretty good, but he doesn't like to listen to the old lady sometimes. And I leave before she does to go to work, so there's times where she goes to let him out before she leaves, and he takes off on her, and he's gone. He's been doing it to me the last couple of days, so I put the shot collar on him today <laughs> before I let him outside, and as soon as he got just into the woods, and I didn't want him to do it anymore, I took that shot collar, turned it all the way up to eight, and I gave him a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They generally, uh, it doesn't take a whole lot, like... Uh, even as stubborn as the Beagles were, well, the female, I've only actually ever zapped her twice. She's just naturally listened better. Um, but the male, man, man, oh, man, that poor dog, like, it took just basic in the house, like, you're outside, just trying to get him to come back. And uh, I would tone him, nothing, 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 zap him. Uh, he comes back. He gets his treat. It took like three tries of that before he finally realized, like, oh, that tone means I'm about to get <laughs> yeah. shocked. And then yeah. he'd, he'd come back. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people that I've talked to about shot collars, they're not – especially people that don't hunt, they're not a huge fan of them. Oh, no. most, I love yeah, them. It's, yeah. I love them. It's and the it, best it, thing. That people don't understand, too. It's been proved – like, it's a different – it's more of a stimulant more or, like, stimulation than it is an actual shock. Like, yeah, if we shock ourselves, like, it's just, it's – it yeah. pull, it's like more like a muscle grab rather than like a electrical shock from like a high voltage type thing. I think you know? we were messing around with them one night. We were, yeah. I, I, I accidentally them. shocked my wife with one one time. Accidentally? We did it on purpose. We were putting them on. I'll say we did, we did it purposely. Um, <laughs> but they actually, even if you look at shock collars today, it won't say shock. It'll say stimulate. Yeah. It's more of like a tingling feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's shock. not like that's the thing. It's not going to kill a dog. Like no. to me, like the best thing for your dog's running deer, you're going to stop your dog. My dog's running towards the road. Yep. I'm going to drop that, you know, like hit him on it because I don't want, that'll kill my, that will kill my dog. Yeah. The actual collar won't. That's the only way you're going to stop a dog hot on a trail on something. Especially a hunting breed. Oh, which yeah. Is driven drive. by something. Yeah. yeah there's times um, where we're out hunting and if he starts doing something that I don't want, like he's so focused on that bird, I'll hit him on <laughs> one. He don't feel it. I've turned yeah. it up to two or three before he feels the shock because he's so focused on what he's yeah, going to do. Yeah. I've actually. When I, with the puppies, I'll start it out really low, and what you'll see is they'll start to, like, jerk their neck, yeah. but it's not negatively impacting them. It, yeah. you know, and, uh, but I think people kind of need to understand there's a right way to train a dog with a shock collar, oh, and yeah. there's a wrong yeah. way, 100%. right? If you're just out shocking your dog to shock your dog, like, he's not really learning a whole lot, and uh, eventually he's just going to start to be real skittish, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's well, funny you say that because Judah uh, – Dan's kid, friend of ours, uh, our yellow lab. He's he's a crackhead in the house sometimes, <laughs> and they had the kid. They had their kids over there, so he had the shot collar on him. Well, Judah got her hold of the shot collar. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, poor dog. And all I just hear Merle start yelping, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And then I finally realized what happened. Judah sitting over there, he just pushing buttons out of the remote. Oh, oh, poor god. dog. It's like, like, what the hell am I doing? Just sitting there, just not yeah. moving. Yeah. But no, it's, it's definitely a great tool for, for the dogs, especially, you know, again, like running, running away from you, not in it, you know, just chasing something or just in general, you need to get them to, to focus the beep, like Loki, he, the beep stops him because he yeah. know, you know, same thing. Like I don't, it's very rare. You don't have to touch the other button. It's just yeah. literally beep. And he's like, we'll yeah. stop, you know, I have both my dogs now to the point where it's, it's very rare the male, especially man, he's been, he got shocked so many times last year just by not listening that if even if he's tracking a rabbit, like a lot of times what they'll do is they'll track the rabbit and um, they'll track it all the way back to you. You shoot it. Well, then they because rabbits almost always come right back to where right. they kicked out. 
they'll uh yeah, they'll hit that right? yeah he'll hit that same trail again and it's like no like let's go and right. you know i don't want to shock him on a rabbit trail that's what i want him to do so i'll just tone him to let him know like hey we're moving yeah and he'll stop last year no i had to like physically <laughs> pick him up and move him yeah but uh it's it's neat because you can see the moment they hear it because he'll stop what he's doing look and he'd be like all right i need to go back over there because yeah. uh this isn't fun but i i don't know Maybe because it's I'm I'm inexperienced training dogs, but I don't know how you would effectively be able to do a lot of things without some sort of that that shot collar. At least for in yeah. my experience with with rabbit dogs. Oh yeah, because even grizzly like grizzlies are again the most experienced dog we got. There's days that he listens amazing, and then there's other days where he just wants to be stubborn, and that could be detrimental to that dog health in general. You know, like yeah. he's just gonna keep going, and Brody can't get him to stop by voice. 99% of the time he can, but there is there has been times where yep. Brody's like, what? You know, finally has to go. And somebody just said on our TikTok live here, e-collar is just a leash. You know, Pretty like, much, if you really right? think yep. about it, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, people got these pinch collars. People don't bitch about those. It's literally, that it's thing's causing more pain to the dog than a freaking. It is a tool for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to train a dog that is off leash yeah. without an e-collar. I mean, you don't have any way to correct your dog. No. I mean, I don't. no, it doesn't yeah, know and, and it's you, making I mean, a mistake. Yeah. For me, obviously, I'm running through brush, I'm running through snow, so catching my dog to then bring him back to try and correct him is just, there, there's no no chance. Yeah, when my dog's 300 yards away from me in a field or, or out 300 yards away the in the water, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, there's not much I can do except for either buzz them that's about it. And then they don't learn because, like, once you get back and you get mad at him and start yelling at them, he doesn't, he thinks he's getting yelled at for doing what he's doing now. Yep. He doesn't know that he was just trying to get it. If that's the thing, like, you know, people listen to this and even people on, you know, on our TikTok here, it's, it comes down to, like, if you want to get yourself a sport dog, you got to be patient. Oh, yeah. Patience is key. Like, I'm a very impatient person, but with my dogs, I've learned as time gone on to be more patient because the dog knows when you're frustrated, that dog's not going to do what you want to do and it's going to get worse. Then the dog's going to become like Chase. Chase and I had a really bad day one day where he, he wouldn't even come near me. Like the dog, and I didn't even like hit him nothing, but it was just my, my tone, everything. He was scared of me. Like I had to go put him on a leash and I never put my dogs on a leash unless we absolutely have to like at a park or, you know, going, you know, out of town or whatever. But, um, like I had to take him on a walk to give him that trust again, that I'm not, I'm not going to hurt him or anything like that. Like that's the thing most people understand is it's very frustrating on days. I don't care how good the genetics are. The genetics do help. Yes. But when it comes down to it, it's a dog, especially when they're a puppy, you got about yeah. 10 minutes. Of, yep. of tension span and then it goes elsewhere yeah and that's the most important time of a dog's life is when they're a puppy what that's is it up to about like a year it, it's so crucial to be patient and learn with your dog watch videos you know you know not that they were by far the most professional trainers by me message us or i'll point to the right direction you know there's uh yep. i know a lot of people that are good dog training like do it professionally too you know well and just ask questions like that for me my male is the first dog i've hunting dog i've trained so for me, there was a lot of things I had to learn. One of them was to trust the dog, yeah. um, especially because when I first took him out, he, he ran away. So there was, I was nervous every time, like, even though he'd be barking on track, like, is he, is it a deer, you know, or is he going to run away? And that's part of the reason I bought the GPS collar. But part of it was me hindering his ability to train, you know, because I would get so nervous on certain right. things. But yeah, there was days last year where, I could take him out and I could put him on track and he'd go, but then there would be other days where he would just be all over the place. That's and at that point, what I learned was it was more beneficial to pack it up, go home, and yeah. try again a different day. I did the same thing too. Is if I knew what if something wasn't going the way that I wanted to or going right, I would just end on a good note. 
That's the biggest yep. thing, too. Yep. And on a good note, be done. And then this year, I'm struggling with that female. That female is just, she's still, at this age, my male was able to go on track, and, and she's just still got a lot of puppy in her. She wants to run. So I actually, I, I went to Facebook and uh, was like, look, you know, I, I went on a rabbit hunting page or whatever and, and kind of explained the issues. And uh, some some of the advice I got was, while like one guy wanted me to just uh, um, take her to a starting pen and leave her there. Well, unfortunately, I'm not just dropping my dog off to somebody and, and leaving it there. I'll, I'll I'll struggle with getting her on track, or she'll just be a, a house dog. It, it right. doesn't really matter <clears throat> to me. But um, some of the other things were like, you know, taking her out by herself or even taking certain temperatures. Like, you know, they were like, you know, this will make your life better. But when it comes to training dogs, patience and then just time, man, time and, and man, look for people that have done it before. Oh, yeah. Because it, uh Ask questions. <laughs> that's that's how I've learned. I mean, I've learned a lot by just messing things up. But I've also I've asked a lot of people a lot of questions on on how to run a you know beagles and and beagles really, I would say when it comes to training a beagle, it's more on obedience. You know, whereas you guys are training dogs to go retrieve, bring them back. You know, and and you're you're teaching them which direction to go and by you know things like that. Where you know I can imagine that can be pretty frustrating when your dog's just deciding it's going to go take a swim and just completely ignore what you're saying yeah oh, there's yeah. times where i'll tell him to go left and he looks at me and he'll go to the right <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you asshole yeah it's it's still fun though i i yeah i was talking to i think it was yesterday i was talking to somebody we were talking about dogs in general you know it's obviously a topic you can talk for hours and hours yeah. on and but it comes down to it hunting now that i have a dog like i always loved watching grizzly Brody's dog, uh, watching him work. And that's what inspired me to get a dog just like Travis and, you know, Daniel and everybody, because that makes the hunt every time. Like the dog watching that dog, you know, get a cripple, you know, tackle a bird, you know, it's just, to me, I get more amped to that than watching yeah. a big group of birds, you know, work us because I don't know. It's just something about it. if you've hunted around good dogs, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just that feeling just when, like a big buck comes in, you know, that, that you're like, Oh man, this is so awesome. I love it. When, yeah, I could go hunt and not take my gun and just watch my dog work. Yeah. yeah. I'd be just as happy. When your dog has a good day, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's a great feeling to like watch your dog just man go out and then just absolutely crush it. And it's even, it, I really like taking people out cause not a lot of people I know hunted with a, a beagle and man, I'll take Remy out, man. If he does a great, you know, it's it's super cool everyone's like oh my gosh like you know that's awesome and then your dog like it, it's a it's a rewarding feeling to watch your dog you know have have those great days did you, yeah. get a, did you give him a mcdouble when you're done <laughs> no, no i don't <laughs> we, we need to go man that's the thing our we had a guy in our group we had a pro staff member and uh he actually just moved to virginia i think it was west virginia virginia he was our only buddy that had beagles and uh because that's the thing like we have a nice property a ton of rabbits yeah we'll just go jump piles and there's so many rabbits out there we just don't get on because we don't have the dogs the dogs obviously will make a hunt way better because i've yeah. hunted with good dog his dogs were good you know so you ever want to go let us know yeah i'm always down have, but yeah we're just, just a, over here in lapeer <laughs> just a, yeah, yeah i got a hundred, 180 acres behind my house it's nothing but thick brush and there's so oh, many rabbits gosh. and i love rap small game hunting's a blast to me i've never done that before i've never hunted behind dogs rabbit hunting it's a lot of fun if the dog like so like i could tell you like if we went tomorrow i'd leave the female at home um just because what i'm gonna try to do now is uh start kind of taking her out solo because what she's doing is um she hears him barking on track well then she'll start barking which gets him confused he's thinking he's got to go back to her and then the other oh. thing she'll do is now is she'll just start cutting in front of him 
and she's not actually smelling the track. And so it's that's the frustration I've dealing with now, trying to figure out how to solve that. And a lot of the advice I got was uh, separate them. Once she starts to actively track on rabbits, then you bring them back together. But the that male, when you know, when he's alone, man, he'll circle rabbits all day, and he he just goes crazy. Um, I took him out earlier this year, and I was, it was just one of those days where I got to go out with a couple buddies. They'd never hunted with a dog, and he just crushed it, man. And it, it's, it's such a great feeling, you know. So yeah, believe me, I'll uh, I'll bring my dog out anytime. Let's, let's do it, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Rabbit rabbit season starts in September and goes all the way till March, right? Uh, End of March. March yeah, 31st. March 31st is the last. Do you, do you wait till after deer season before you start running your dogs? Yup. So for two reasons: September into october i'm not going to run them anytime during deer season because that's how you get dogs killed right because yeah. deer hunters yeah. aren't too fond of that but like that september to october two things that you got kind of working against you is no snow so the drier the weather the harder it's going to be for a dog to to pick up that scent and then the heat so right um my dog will go all day all day it doesn't matter it could be 100 degrees out but when it's that warm out you're, the dog will run himself to death. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so there's not really a benefit to to well, going and the, out. And the rabbits are still carrying a bunch of. Oh, they'll be too. covered in fleas. Actually, yeah. last it they'll uh, towards the end of March it'll happen too. I actually took him out last year, and uh, we kicked out. You know, I kicked up a rabbit, and it was like it was actually the first rabbit he'd ever actually circled back to me by himself. And you know, I shot it, and I'm man, I'm jacked. It was just me and this dog in the woods, and we're going crazy or whatever. Um, and uh, then, yeah, when I was waiting for him to come back, man, this thing, you'd have thought the rabbit was going to get up and move. There were so many fleas on it. So, um, crazy. I didn't, the fleas don't bother me too much. It's just a matter of, uh, I, I don't really want to deal with him getting them. I mean, I give him the shots and, you know, give him the medicine, but. Yeah, that'd freak me out. I don't, I'm really not afraid of anything, but I don't like ticks and I don't like fleas. Oh. That's the other thing, yeah. When ticks come, we, that, I took them out. A couple times after that with my buddies, and uh, there was a sign. I don't know if you've ever been out to Rose Lake in Langsburg. No. But it's a state land, and um, there's a sign in this area, and it says, you know, be careful of ticks. Well, you know, I I got the dog, their Lyme disease shot and all that, so I'm not too worried about that. Well, as soon as it starts warming up, you'd be amazed at how short amount of time it has to be warm for a tick or fleas to come out it, it ain't much yeah um a day or two and sure enough we ran them through this area and i wasn't thinking much of it because the week before it was cold and walking through i got one on my hand and i was like oh that's odd or whatever we pulled him out man my dog was covered in him Ugh. my buddy was losing his mind that would be brody because <laughs> <laughs> last year last year turkey season i flicked one on him and it was hilarious it, it's not funny because that's no it's nothing to joke around but just the whole reaction because yes they are dangerous yeah. some are yeah you know, me but. and my other buddy are like pulling them off the dog yeah. and like no killing thanks. them no thanks and my buddy in the back seat man he would for like 10 minutes he wouldn't even get in the truck i, get, I get home from hunting and i take everything off outside and have the old lady look at me and make sure i don't have any ticks yeah. on me because i don't know it's just something about them that's Speaking of the lion, yeah, it, it is. It, it's scary. Like, I, I am scared. Like, I don't like ticks. Like, I'm always, like, even thinking about it right now, I'm like, mm -hmm. it's just kind of like when somebody says lice when you were a kid, and you're like, yeah, ah, you know, never got it as a kid, but, you know, your buddies did or whatever. But um, the lime, the one thing that there was a guy that was a uh, TikTok, there was a pretty big creator for a while on there. People really followed. He lost his pup, one of his dogs, yeah. his champion dog, like badass dog to Lyme disease. He didn't yeah. even think about it. He took both dogs hunting. 
and it was liver failure wasn't it? liver i think it was renal failure yeah just dog or yeah liver failure and the dog uh passed because there's nothing to do for it so like yeah. that's been like always my get dog gets shots you know it gets the shots like it's supposed to but that that's so scary man just take your dog out he goes the next day you know next day or it was like a week later i think he said it was wasn't it and then all of a sudden his dog started getting more and more sick and yeah there's just nothing they can do you know that's just that's sad and scary you it's, know yeah and it definitely makes you second guess when to take your dogs out i know i don't know what kind of you know, when you guys are out in the bay, it's probably not as big of a concern. But, no. like, you know, if you run into any sort of brush, it becomes an immediate concern. And I don't know how effective those shots are, but I can tell you I will continue to pay for it because my dogs, I know, are going to get ticks on them. It's just a matter of... Get you a Soresto collar. What is that? It's a flea and tick collar. Okay. That's I, that's what our dogs wear. And... I don't have any issues. I've gotten lucky so far. They haven't. I mean, I he had them crawling on him that one time, but like nothing noticeably embedded on him, and somehow you know neither one of them's gotten fleas. But yeah, I uh, uh, man, that's that um, would be a rough way. I'd be pretty tore up. I think uh, that's yeah, you know yeah. because I kind of put the dog in that situation, right? Oh, that's so. that's how I feel about it too. Uh, which talking about flea collars, like what he just said, the one he said is obviously a good one. So my wife and I, when we got Chase as a puppy uh we got this one at uh some dog supplier animal supply place they're like oh it's a good one i shit you not there was two uh ticks underneath the damn <laughs> collar embedded into my dog's skin yeah i mean those collars they're like 90 bucks for one collar, so but this was like 15 bucks eight months eight months <laughs> so don't don't especially you know on this lot on this too and then even on tiktok live here like don't skimp on that because it is no, no joke like this guy big hunter he lost his you know it's a child to us you know and i'm sure it is to people you know listen to this and on there as well is take care of that because unfortunately there's nothing they can do the dog's unfortunately is gonna pass yep. from it dog is a tool but he's also oh it's best friend too yeah that my dogs are i mean i i struggle with you know stuff from you know being the fire service for almost 17 years now and i've been going through some stuff lately i mean brody can contest to that like up and down mood swings and stuff because of that but my dogs especially my wife works third shifts they my dogs are there for me they know like if i'm having a bad day they are up up, up against dad on the couch either on top of me because i know i'm having a bad day and my dogs make it all better so again if something happened to them so i make every precaution like I'm like you said earlier, like you're a little more nervous, you know, your dogs and stuff. Like when the dog gets out far, I'm like, even his dog, I'm like, we sure this is cool. You know, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> but that's just me. I, yeah. I've obviously well, seen a lot in my time, you know, what, what I do and stuff. And it just kind of, it's crazy. Um, a lot of people in like the beagle community, they don't leave their dogs inside. They're all yeah. outside in kennels. My, so, like, bo- my boss has got beagles. Yeah. And like they, uh, I remember when I bought my first one, I was like, well, the dog's going to stay inside. And he was like, oh, you know, good luck. And I was like, well, why? He goes, you're, they're just not inside dogs. And, you know, I couldn't imagine, I don't, I don't have anything against people to leave their dogs outside. It's just for me, I couldn't imagine leaving my dog outside like that. I yeah. love, you know, having them inside and stuff like that. Like but, on a day uh, like today when it's 10 degrees. Oh, man. Or, yeah. no, this morning, what was it? Was negative eight. seven, negative yeah. eight. Degrees. Okay. So, yeah, you say that. So, again, been the first for 17 years. What do people usually do? Heat lamps. Most yeah. of our fires, we've had even fires already this year. It wasn't even that cold out from heat lamps and chicken coops and dog stuff. We've had dogs, you know, obviously a lot of poultry and everything die because of damn heat lamps. So to me, it's just dangerous because what are the dogs usually laying in straw, flammable stuff? Yeah. So that's something, you know, people listening here is that's one thing to think about. Heat lamps are big for starting fires. 
What are you looking for? Oh, uh, just looking to see if there's any uh, smoke detectors. smoke detectors down here because yeah. I know that's probably one of the first things you look for. <laughs> we bought a house last night. There's one right there. <laughs> I had to take I had to take the battery out because it was beeping. I don't know why it was beeping. We bought a, we bought a house last October, or two Octobers ago now. Yeah. And first thing Josh does, he walks in the house, walks over the smoke detector, takes it off the wall. This thing's junk. Don't work no more. <laughs> he went around the whole house and checked all of all the smoke alarms. Yeah, I mean, I've that's the thing, you know, you see stuff I've seen, you know, unfortunately a lot of people pass in fires because of no smoke alarms. And we even had a, a cabin we went to last year for up on yeah. the bay. We stayed at my buddy's cabin and there was no smoke alarms in there. I brought smoke alarms <laughs> and installed them in there. And he was so pissed because the one that battery up dying when they end up going in there in the summer, he goes, dude, I couldn't find it. Cause I like hit it up because I couldn't <laughs> find a, I didn't want to screw holes in his wall. So I like mounted it up there, like kind of fashioned it up there, but but yeah, back to the pets, you know, on the heat lamp stuff, that's something to definitely be careful with people that do leave them out there. Like think about that because a lot of our fires start because of heating sources, you know, in anybody's house, that's anywhere you go, especially Michigan. What is it? It was negative one this morning. Yeah. It's uh, perfect. It was ice. like negative seven. It yeah. Cold. Super cold, you know, for us, you know, that's cold. So for that, obviously that pet needs some type of heat source and most time it's a damn ball that's kind of hanging on by a rubber clamp thing, which it's going to fall. The dog's going to bump it, poultry will bump it, whatever. And this last one we had, it actually burnt their house too. Jeez. I mean, when we got there, it was just a little porch fire. Or when we got called for it was a porch fire, the wind was so bad, it ended up going up through the whole house. So they lost their house because of a damn chicken coop. Well, eggs are expensive. Yeah, yeah eggs today's are expensive, day. Yeah, so. thanks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – Where'd you go and shoot that bear at this year? Wyoming. How was that? It was pretty cool. I mean, you're, you're just so not excited about it. I know. Just, what do you mean? Like you went, to, you, you went to Wyoming and shot a bear. Uh, a yeah, color phase cool. bear, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, nothing against uh, you shoot with your bow? white tail no. geese. I went out there my first year and got my ass whooped with my bow. So. Did you? I was like, no, we're going to bring You guys it. don't hunt over bait or anything like that? Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. But it was, dude, like the wind switches so quick and like the thermal, like... If you can imagine thermals, they're nothing like this because the mountain, like once the mountain or the sun crests the the peak in the mountain like that, all your thermals just drop like this and you'll get a, a like a 20, 30 mile an hour wind just pull it down because the thermals are just dropping that quick. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, and bears. Bears are fucking smart as hell. We've had one where we were changing bait out. It was like, whatever. I don't know the exact time. It was like one o'clock in the afternoon. Change your bait. We're like right there. We're all that fucking 105. That bear was Ariana. It, right it, it was it, it was watching us the whole time. <laughs> it knew. It knew. It watched us the whole time. We didn't know it. We we're just, hey, talking. That would be such an eerie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. I mean, I know bears are like skittish as, as far as humans go, but man, to, to know an animal like that that could just like that end it for you, and then to find out, oh, it just watched you put food out and yeah. just waited till you. Was it a grizzly or? That was a, that was just a black bear. Black bear, yeah, just a black, black bear. Just, it was a color face bear too. Yeah, three hundred pound black. So, do you guys want to like talk a little bit about the youth and all that kind of stuff yeah. you guys do for them? <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so this year we did the. I went out to Wisconsin with Jessica Ann from the Wild Race. She's got that TV show on the. Now it's on the Sportsman's Channel. Um, she takes kids out, or she does a contest. They usually do like an essay, why they want to do it, or somebody nominates them. That's how we did the Michigan was a nomination one. Yeah, and they had to write why they why they wanted to do it or whatever. But um, like the one, the kids get a lot of cool stuff. They get uh, like Seth from Hadley Calls, our buddy um, Brando from uh, Greenwing Customs uh, Calls. He they both donated calls to these kids, so every kid has their own acrylic call. Like it's a hundred hundred fifty dollar call. And uh, get much other stuff. Another one of the hunts she she did. The kids got sicka. Two kids got full outfit of sicka. 
<laughs> it's thousands of dollars, you know, yeah. I mean, a lot of money. So, but that's, that's, we've been doing a lot of work with her this year. And then she, we brought her to Michigan and we have a, um, a recreational, it's like a lake, uh, in Davison. And, uh, we got rights to it. Like we're the only ones allowed to hunt it. Like we had to, the, the other lawyers draft up a thing. Like everybody has to be like liability wise. And, I have to be there. That's the only way we can ever hunt is I have to be there. I have to call or let the police chief know we're going to be there because it's in out, just outside of the city in a township zone and there's people walking by. It's so like we have to put like signs a, out. It's like a park. It's a park. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like in the summer, it's a splash pad on the other side of it. There's a beach. There's a place. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I shit you not. So that's where we decided to do it because don't want the geese up in there. Yeah. they don't, they don't want the geese there. So we don't hunt roost. We never hunt roost. The only place we would was there. And that we hunted as a loaf because a lot more birds are coming there and loaf, which means they come, you know, do a midday loaf there because they got the food, water, everything. Loaf mean hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, yep. They'd walk up. They'd land in the water, walk up on oh, the beach. Hang out on the beach. Go up in the play sets. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting you. I have pictures of, or videos even of Seth and I. So we did the Michigan, uh, Williams gun site in Davison. Um, if you're from Michigan, I'm sure you've heard of Williams gun site. They're huge, great people over there. Uh, Brian Wright, uh, donated all the shells, uh, to the youth for their, uh, what was it two or three boxes per kid or something like that? I think it was, uh, we had what, five kids, five, I think, I think yeah. we did five from the state of Michigan, uh, won this contest. We had some as far as what battle Creek, I think it was the furthest kid, um, came out drove out and uh the first night we did a safety night we took them out on the range at williams williams donated their time with uh the range master um brian even came in there the um chief operations officer uh, you know coo of their company um came in there and even talked and stuff which is cool you know that's the they're popular you know they like these guys been around forever they know their stuff um so gracious enough to do the donation so we did the we did that and then we went back to the lake um brody uh, did a uh, gun or a dog seminar with them to teach around how to how to hunt around dogs and just kind of how it works. You know, like a dog runs out, we don't shoot, um, that type of stuff, and like how how he works his dog. You know, the left and right hand casting and blow the whistle. A dog will literally be on a hot ass trail on a on a on a retrieve. Brody can blow that whistle, and Grizzly will literally stop, turn, and look at Brody, like on a hot run. He can stop his dog, and that's you know just show the kids that. Because it's important because a dog can be shot really easily. Yep. So that's the last thing we want is a dog getting shot. Especially when it you takes have one people BB. that have never done it. Right? Yeah, it you takes one steal, yep. yeah. BB, to kill a dog. It hits him in the head because it's happened. Not in our, Thank God in our group because we are very big on that. The dogs are out, you don't shoot. We are very big on that. But uh, so we, you know, we preached on that. We showed them blind safety, how to swing like your your area's safe zones in the blinds. Uh, Not shooting over top of people. Yeah. Oh, shooting over people unless you're on, you know, if you're on the end, obviously you have a little more range. I'm I'm an end hunter. I'm always loving on the, you know, sitting on the end because I have more range. <laughs> um, but anyways, so we did that. Um, Travis and Seth, they did like uh, calls, you know, teaching the kids how to use calls. Still to this day, there's people that have been hunting three, four years, still don't know. Like, I'm not an expert by any means. Like, I'm getting pretty good at goose call. I still suck at a duck call. I have, <laughs> it doesn't like, make any sense to me because a duck call is so much easier. Yeah, yeah, it's so much easier. <laughs> but it's just, it's. I think it's everybody because they have different diet for where the air comes from and stuff. Like, some people sound weird and some people sound really good on it. You know, they know how to, their cadence sounds good and everything, but it's just the way they're they're pushing that air out. But anyways, so we did that. <laughs> I get soft track easily. Um, Squirrel. Yeah. So we did that. So that was a, that was all on a Friday night. And then Saturday, Jessica lives in Wisconsin. She drew, came over with her with her camera crew for the TV show and stuff. And uh, we talked to the kids about stuff. It was pretty cool. Saturday, uh, so it was a low font, so we got to get out there a little bit. We did get out there earlier. Typically, a low font, you can get out a little bit later and set up. Well, 
the wind sucked and we knew it was going to suck for this. So we actually sat in the beach. We hunted in the beach. Well, they hunted in the beach. I let uh, Travis and Brody run the run the show. Those were our guys that were hunting the longest, and we wanted to make sure that the kids had the best experience possible, you know, getting the calls because they're, you know, both great callers, everything. So we let them in there with Jessica and her crew. We had Connor in there too. Connor, you know, Connor, uh, a good friend of ours, because um, he, he nominated one of the kids. So I'm like, put him in there. I don't need to be in the blind. Like, it would have been cool, but I'd rather those guys be in there, give them the best experience possible. So Seth and I were running cameras, and then we had Daniel running a camera. Seth and I, I shit you not, are inside a pirate ship <laughs> <laughs> running cameras on a goose hunt. <laughs> but uh, so the, the biggest issue is is who's ever – I mean, you guys obviously don't waterfall hunt, but you don't hunt on beaches. Like, you, you, how do you hunt a beach? Because you don't, you don't have good cover. Don't. It's like, again, 90% of your success is that. But we figured with being what it was, we was going to be a crapshoot. We're going to give the kids a show at least. They end up, we did shoot four birds. Four or five birds. They got a show. They seen a lot of birds. So we had a this. They had a. There was a thousand birds on this on this loaf every day. So we knew they were going to see a lot of birds. The night before on Friday, the kids got to see them all come back, and they're like, "That's the birds we're going to be hunting tomorrow." You know, like all the parents, a couple of the parents were goose hunters or waterfall hunters. Are like, "Oh my god, this is badass." So, unfortunately, the wind was bad, and we had gale force winds on Saturday. Mm. Gale for forty-five mile an hour winds. We ran a big spread because we wanted to replicate that. You know what we had there and. These guys blew their hearts out on the calls, everything, tried to replicate it. Unfortunately, the wind was too high. There was Couldn't keep the silhouettes. Everybody. The sand was beating the shit out of everybody. It just – that's hunting, though. Yeah. yeah. And that's one thing we explained to the kids is – and it to me, like, you want to give them the best hunt possible. We're going to shoot a lot of birds, have a pile pick. You know, they can show their buddies. That's not hunting, though. I mean, it's hunting, but it's not. Like, there's going to be a lot of that's not, not a, shooting stuff. We, like, it's not like that. It's not realistic. Time. Yeah. You know, so be like that was a thing. Get out and shooting a 130-inch – you're on his first hunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. You know, you're at a ranch, or you just got really lucky, or whatever. But it's we, we were very adamant about that. Even before, on Friday night, was like, listen, this could go really bad, or it could go really well. We feel like it's going to go really well, but the wind it got worse and worse and worse. The time goes on. Uh, we end up having a group big. Go check out our. Uh, we never put that on YouTube channel. There's a lot of our TikToks that has the those birds coming in. It's just a just a claw. You don't usually see that many Canada geese come in at one. I mean, it's just a pile of them coming down above these kids and they didn't understand why Brody didn't call the shot because Brody was the one in charge of calling the shot and we had explained to him listen you got to look at the big picture yeah there's four geese right above your heads that you can almost grab reach up and grab I could have literally stood up and grabbed a goose by the foot but right there look at the big picture we want those birds to come down more and shoot them before they hit the water type thing and unfortunately a lot of stuff happens is, you know, you talk about pie facing, which is people looking out of the blind because they see that they, they look for that type of stuff. And we, their kid, some of the kids we could tell because of the cameras were running that they were looking up, which they wanted to see what it looked like. And, yep. and I get, so you don't get mad at them because obviously, but they learned, they learned a lot from this hunt. We talked about it. Um, it was fun, but, uh, then we did the hunt in Missouri. That's another reason I went to Missouri. Um, I know uh, John and I that went with me out there. We ended up being a part of that hunt because there was just so many people. So we had a hunting with another group while we were there. We were at the same lodge with them and everything. Like just absolutely amazing experience still. But that was the same thing. They had a lot of uh, a lot of birds in the area, but they didn't get in, get shoot a lot of birds. But it still taught the kids, you know, what it was like. They were still they come back to the lodge all pumped up, you know, because they did get a, end up shooting a few. But it's a uh, it's a pretty cool experience. Regardless, snow is different because there's always a lot more of them. But, I mean, uh, there's been fields around here where we got 400 birds sitting in a field, go to hunt it the next morning, think it's going to be a great morning, and they move out of that field. You don't even see a damn bird in the sky that day. 
it, it, that's that's hunting though. Those are the yeah the mornings that you think are gonna just you just wake up yeah. and you're like oh, this will yeah. be the day and then you go out there and it's like God oh, this is nothing. Well, well we had uh, what was it opening opening regular season we took all the women out outside of my wife Cassie Hannah and everybody we they saw what three hundred birds in it maybe two hundred birds the one with Travis in the wheat field we had all the goldenrod and our blinds it was one of our oh, probably no, one of our best was, hunts that early was, season that was, oh yeah that was early season yeah. but anyways. Uh, like oh, there's probably 200. Like oh, we're expecting maybe you know shoot maybe four, five, six geese out of all of us out there. We killed it. They literally they, there were so many damn birds that come in there was unreal. They didn't see that. They were out in that area the whole morning, almost the entire day. Didn't see that. The morning we hunted, it was just loaded. I mean, we smacked the hell out of them. There's a big picture on our uh, Instagram of it. Like 30 birds or something. Like that. Yeah, it was it was a good day. We had a we had a blast. A lot of good fun, funny of moments course, on our was, YouTube that channel. That was one of those days where we didn't bring the dogs. <laughs> yeah, which we wish we would have because we, we had to be the dogs and we're chasing these birds, you know, because it, it, you're going to have cripples. Yeah. I, I see it on TikTok all the time. You know, people are like, oh, you're just not a good shot. Fuck you. There's nobody out there that's perfect. It's going to knock I'd every say, goddamn you know, bird if, down. Uh, if I went goose hunting or duck hunting would probably be worse because they're a little bit faster. I would go through a lot of shells for. Oh, that's the fun or, part, man. Man, I would. <laughs> I, I miss so many rabbits and those will, those will that, stop. Gosh. Oh, just keep you. shooting. You get an A300, you don't miss a thing. <laughs> so the, just recently, I saw so the A300, kind of a funny way earlier is, one night we were going out, it was uh, it was the, the split, middle zone split. We were going up, Tra- me, Trav- or Travis, myself, and Seth were going. And for some reason, Brody, bring, like, he shoots a bred A300. It's a great gun. You know, Travis shoots just- A400. I was just in a mood to get. I know I can. I know how to push his button. <laughs> so I shoot a Franke Affinity. It's a great gun. It's a very popular gun. You know, it's a thirteen hundred dollar gun. You know, and it's it's always been flawless for us or for me. And Daniel shoots the same exact gun for the most part. And he just starts with this eighty three hundred bullshit, like talking about. I don't know what it started. It was just hilarious, but he was just going, I thought he was drunk. I'm like, what the, what is your deal, dude? You? So I was making like little, I was like so making little open. memes of Snapchat things like Brody doing dirty things to his gun, you know, like just all kinds of funny <laughs> things. I'm like, this guy. And then my, he's like, oh, I can't wait to get this Breda A300 Ultima, which is the brand new one, which combined the two guns, I guess, together, the A400, which is the upgraded one. And Travis has that gun. And I ended up, my wife got it. So, and it is a badass gun. Yeah. He had some common sense. We, yeah. I have a 300, but I have the old one. The That's old what one. I have. And then uh, we went out squirrel hunting and all that. And I was like with a guy. And I was just like, I'm not gonna tell you what to buy, but this gun right here. It was the <laughs> I Ultima. I, I was like, it. I was like, I was like, but then after he he did buy it and all that, and I was like, man, I kind of didn't like. So you got the Outlander. Yeah, I got the Outlander. So I was like. I was like telling my wife, I was like, man, I wasn't really biased on that one because I was like, he was like, hey, what about this one? I was like, that one's okay, but this fucking Beretta right here. <laughs> That's a sharp looking gun. The dude, yeah. the new one's super. Dude, I love the, the yeah, action yeah, on that. that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I've never had a good shotgun. The shotgun I have is a Mossberg 500 that I got when I was 15. And Classic. Run it. Can't Still a good gun. That thing, uh, you could tell it's been through some. some oh, you should rush. you should see both of all of our guns. Every I, one of our guns are destroyed. I didn't clean my gun one time this year. I can mm-hmm. tell you uh, the first thing I did. I couldn't even use it to go goose hunting because I pulled the plug out right away for rabbit because I can hold five. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, we got we, we wanted to get you guys out this year, but this year, last year we shot over 500 birds between uh, North Dakota and Michigan. It's only state 300. This year, obviously, with I was in four state or. Th- Four states, right? Yeah, three, four. Uh, which only shot like 350 birds this year, I think it was. No, we shot almost. It was 400, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's just it, it was just kind of one of them shitty years. Like, we didn't have the spots, good spots to take people this year. Like, 
our some of our best spots we lost water like that was one thing we we're really worried about with the youth hunt was having a good spot and then lake cows kind of fell on our laps we're like oh this is gonna be great i don't care i said it the name of it i don't care because it's ours because <laughs> one thing we're very protective of your spots and it's not to be rude or crude or anything like that it's just it's hard to get these spots and keep them you know right yeah. but uh i kind of got off track there with that but the youth events you know we got a couple more things we've done recently so <clears throat> we talked about the beginning 810 is all the money from that it goes right back into hunting and what we just did recently is lake callus um they have a fishing um fishing uh club i'm trying to think of the name for it uh i asked her like is there anything i can do for you guys like i want to do something i like helping the youth out you know and i had a lot of influential people in my life that help you know get into the outdoors rabbit hunting you know as a kid i did a lot of rabbit hunting as a kid but we just hop piles i was the dog you know yeah <laughs> but uh fishing wise like some of these kids on the poles and the township they obviously have budgets they have to work with right so we bought an eight ten outdoors and a buying a bunch of fishing poles for the club for that it was like 10 of them really nice sebco reels or rods and reels and then we are getting ready to do an ice fishing um derby and um education day so it's all on one day we were going to do like a two-day weekend type thing when are you guys doing that that is in 14th. not this coming weekend the f- yeah 14th i think it is yeah so if you guys are i mean you guys can gladly if you guys want to do something with your podcast too i mean i'm, yeah, I'm in pennsylvania <laughs> so, yeah i'm I mean, a big ice fisherman so i'll have to I, I gotta see if i get that i i work every other weekend oh gotcha but uh yeah if there's ice then uh i uh and i can get the day off i'm all in on, on yeah on definitely come on man there. we'll uh, stay in touch on that but so what well, what i agreed to on that was is we'll buy like we'll buy a pretty decent amount of uh ice fishing rods uh for the kids we we'll just get the you know the, the cheaper ones just to get them the experience you know yeah. and, you know it says before obviously being in the fire for a while like we do the you know the ice rescue type stuff and we're so i i have the knowledge to teach kids you know how to self-rescue if something does happen you know they fall through the ice because who as a kid hasn't fell through ice playing around oh my god and how many times do we get lucky there's a lot of yeah. kids that don't get so lucky you know, it's, so that's the thing we're going to do. We're going to talk about ice, like the different types of ice, you know, uh, you know, clear ice and, you know, honey just everything comb, else, honeycomb, all that, and all that yeah. type of stuff. And I'm going to, so I took this, uh, ice rescue technician class, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Cause it was right after I got the fire academy. Um, they had a fish tank in the front of the tank or in the front of the classroom, they put ice in it. So they talked the whole like morning class and all of a sudden the ice started melting stuff. And so what they did is they put a bunch of pennies down in there. And so what they had you do is they had to stick your hand in there for a certain amount of time, and it was a competition. How many pennies can you pick up? And uh, so I want to do that with these with these kids too. Is have them um, have them try this to just show you how much that water, that cold water, can affect your, you know, how like using your hands to rescue yourself. So why it's important to understand ice, um, like what's safe and what's not. Obviously, four inches is the magic number for safe. Uh, four inches of ice can hold 200 pounds in a certain, you know, obviously a certain area, we were just out on four inches with 600 pounds of, uh, you know, three guys. And it was yeah. kind of like, I'm getting nervous. And they're now they're cutting a pipe, big uh, spear fishing hole. And I'm like, me, yeah. I, you know, as the scientific side of it is four, you know, they say 200 pounds, you know, for four inch ice in a certain area. I'm like, oh my God, we're in, we're all together, you know, but we were good, you know, but that's just me. Cause I've seen, I've, we've rescued people out of the ice. We've done body recoveries. Ooh. We do all that stuff. So for me, it's a little different when these guys think that I'm being, it's not, they're not being dicks about it by any means. It's just, I've seen a lot of this stuff. You know, a lot of people unfortunately perish from this type of stuff. So it's, it's but, like, it's like tree stands. Like how many times do you people get comfortable oh, just going in there yeah. and one, and all it takes is one slip and yep. you're fucking done. Yep. So we've, uh, even on the fire department, we've, cause we run medical obviously too. 
Um, we've went out and, uh, gotten people out of the woods that fell out of their tree stands and take our quad out there, or they've made their way up to their house and they're in a lot of pain and, you know, they're just waiting for the ambulance to get there and stuff. So that's the thing I preach on that stuff. I know two people that have fell and really busted themselves up that I, like personally, I know people. I seen one on, uh, I can't remember if it was go wild app or something like this guy fell out of a tree stand and he had to go like 900 yards. He had to crawl Ugh. like army crawl because his legs that, didn't work. I was like, holy fuck that would be absolutely terrible but uh no yeah back to i mean the youth stuff it's uh that's our that's become more of uh one of our goals to really give back to the youth and you know educate them in a the best way and yeah we're a bunch we call ourselves a bunch of degenerates and stuff but we are you know we do stuff the safe way we don't mess around with alcohol where we're you know like we do like to drink our alcohol but we don't do any time before hunting or you know like it's always after we don't take it in the field with us anything like that uh you know just safety like you know, nothing's ever crazy has happened, you know, because we're safe, you know, people shooting over each other. You'll hear it in our blind. We've taken people out that have shot over it. What happens? We're screaming at them. Mm. Just so you understand that is not okay. That pisses me off. Because me, I've, I have a damage, this muscle here on the right side of me. We had a, I was inside working, we had a pole barn fire and you know, those little propane tanks that you put in your buddy heaters. One of those blew up right next to me and another guy will hit the noise, the percussion of it. I end up having to go to the hospital for, in a, via ambulance from that fire because of that explosion. So every now and then, if the certain like tone or whatever from that gun, if somebody shoots over me, it hurts. Like it feels like somebody punches me right here in the back of my, behind my ear. So it pisses me off even more. But for one, I mean, it's just it's not safe because all it takes is one time. Or look how these people that um, the wad doesn't come all the way out of the gun and the next round blows that barrel up. So what happens there? Somebody's gonna hit with some shrapnel. If the barrel's out like it's supposed to be, everybody should be safe, right? So that's just things, you know, we're trying to teach the youth and the fishing, obviously, with the ice safety and just understanding stuff because it's dangerous, unfortunately, now. And waterfowl, you're going, like, we're in North Dakota. If we got a couple minutes, tell them about what happened when you're way out in the middle of nowhere and somebody threatens your life. <laughs> well, we were out scouting in North Dakota, and, you know, out there, you can hunt. If it's not posted, yep. you can hunt whatever. Well, the roads out there, it's like they're just numbered. There's no street names. You got, like, 21st Avenue, so we're – for example, we're going down 21st Avenue, and on both sides of the road, what we thought was the road, the fields are posted. The, the The road is not posted, but the sides are. Well, this road ends up taking us out by this guy's house. Like, you literally go through his driveway, and the, his kid's out there feeding cows. And I wasn't going, I was going, I was the one driving. I was going, like, five miles an hour through there. Well, the kid picked his phone up and made a phone call. We've seen that. So we get like a mile down the road, and we seen a bunch of snow geese piling into a field. So we pulled in there, and we're watching that truck pulls up next to us, and he's on the passenger side. We got the window. He rolled the window down. He was like, "Did you just drive through my driveway?" And I wasn't trying to be an ass or be sarcastic. I was like, "No, I drove down that road though." He goes like, "He's like, what'd you say?" <laughs> I said, I "Drove down that road." He goes, "That ain't. That's a road. That's my driveway." And he goes, "You do it again, I'll fucking shoot you." <laughs> and he goes, "The sheriff will know why." Call him and ask him. He goes, you guys think you can come here and do whatever you want? And I said, it was an honest mistake. Sorry, sir. And he just kept going. And he just, he was an ass. And then we also knew some other people out there. And they're like, yeah, we've had a bunch of run-ins with them before. Like to where the that farmer told him to get out of there because his property wasn't posted. And they hunted it anyways. It wasn't posted. And uh, they the farmer kept all their decoys. Told him to leave all the decoys, leave. Get out of here. That was 10 years ago, though. So yeah. he's just, he's a character from is, what we gather. Is that the only time you've really ran into people? The only time. The only, only time. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody they, else we've met out there, nice as can be. They, yeah, they, they, they invite you in your house, in their house. 
and they will tell you to tell you the life stories and just like here i got all this other property you didn't even know i had yeah like mm-hmm. oh yeah we did because we have onyx yeah <laughs> no yeah, yeah. one of the places out there we got like full rights to hunt it was like twenty thousand acres and he's like kill he come out here whenever you want when we got their numbers to go out there deer hunt and he's like whatever you want come hunt it yeah and that's the one thing where like i really pre i know we're all about it but i preach that is let's create relationships no matter where yeah. we go oh, because yeah. It always creates like okay, North Dakota right now is one of the easiest states to hunt, but it's going to get harder because oh, look yeah. at the incident that just happened with that trespassing with um, I can't remember their names. Smack them out, boys. Well, some I think a couple of them were in there, but there was a big issue with that. It was all over YouTube and everything. Like it was, it was bad. I think they both end up getting charged. So I know. The, the landowner that was in it, he got charged for hunter harassment, a couple other yeah. things, and that Dustin he got charged with uh, trespassing. Yeah. So now look at next year. Okay, we're not. We know we're not going next year. We're gonna try some new stuff next year, and uh, now we know. Like if we go there two, three years down the road, now we know we can get a hold of those people. Like, hey, you remember us? You know, like my plan is is like any people we know their addresses. I want to send them something. You yeah. know, like that's the thing we always. I want to try to start doing as we go on as farmer you know farmers allow us to hunt because we have a couple places that are we're exclusive to i want to start doing stuff for them i know they don't need it but it's just a good gesture and they'll remember you that way and it's not kissing ass it's me i'm the type of person like obviously i have some days where i have nothing going on if i'm not the fire department or i have other stuff going on i'll go you need help throw some straw or hay or whatever i'll go do it you know i want to create relationships with people yeah. oh 100 yeah. percent. and that's the that's the thing like today's day it's hard to get on stuff and that's teach you know teaching other kids yeah you really think about it then when these kids grow up they're going to turn into a group like brody and you know travis and these guys did and then you know we grew into their group and stuff too yeah it's creating more waterfall hunters but if you're stronger in numbers you know like if we're all fighting each other constantly and that's where some people like i see on all these facebook groups and tiktok groups is my dick's bigger than yours fuck you you ain't hunting my stuff you know like that shit pisses me off like i'm not about that like I'm, I'm protective of our you know some spots we just don't tell people we shut our nor we shut our location off so not everybody can see our stuff you know and we when you know it, you're hunting, we still get it a lot though, where people step on your toes. Yeah, people know that we have permission to hunt certain things, and they still have the nuts to go and ask on it. Yeah, because they think maybe they, because they know such and such, yeah. they'll do it. And that's to me, that's bullshit. I'd rather hunt. There's been times where we'll hunt together with somebody else had permission on our property a couple years ago. We end up like, listen, we're gonna hunt together. We're not gonna be a dick and hunt, f- you're, or you're not gonna be a dick and do that to us because that's you know. And they're like, we end up inviting them to my house for dinner. They're younger kids. We end up having a great time the night before they couldn't drink because they weren't old enough but like we had some drinks before i my wife and i actually brody ended up cooking the dinner mm-hmm. cooked dinner for these kids and stuff we had a great night before and we hunted the next morning they ended up shooting their first band one of the kids did we you talked know? about it on our last podcast a little bit about uh like helping people out but not giving out your spot so oh, like yeah. for deer you know it's the same way you know people find out you shot a good buck on an area that's public or even private they'll they'll come in quick you know and either oh, yeah. try to take you out and um you know, we talked about it, how I learned it with my Kansas buck, the amount of people from Facebook, man. I, all I did was post the buck on, on, on Facebook, and, and, man, I had people from all over messaging me, like, trying to find out where I shot yeah. it and things like that. And, um, yeah, the problem with that is, is, okay, yeah, it's public land, but I did a bunch of work to fuck, oh, yeah. you know, to get that. And if I give them that spot, well, you know, I didn't draw this year, but if I draw next year, there's a good chance, you know, they're going to be in there or their buddies are going to be in there. And now I've just lost my spot. Yep. Yep. So it's not so much uh, being a dick, you know, but it's, you know, I want to go out there and enjoy myself too. Oh, yeah. Um, and being frustrated because I did all the groundwork to get in there yep. and then somebody else comes by and yeah. either throws some cash or, you know, gets there first. You know, it's, 
it makes hunting not as enjoyable. Oh yeah, and that's we do have. There are some places that there's nobody gets invited to it. I mean, like even, that's the spot. That's yep. our our group. You know that we hunt. That's it. Even out on Saginaw Bay, people we go out there and we shoot birds. Somebody asks us where you shoot them. Saginaw Bay. I'm not gonna yep. tell you. Yeah. Where I shot them, but like the, the only place that I'm like really just not when it comes to rabbit hunting. If I'm rabbit hunting public land. I don't really care. I'll tell people it, it's rabbit hunting. I'm not too and, and rabbits yeah. are so plentiful. You oh, know, yeah. but even you know turkeys, deer. You know, I'm real real quiet on because uh, I don't. You know, I know the private land places I deer hunt. I'm not worried about like there's no chance anyone's gonna get out there. But you know, <clears throat> I took a couple guys out to some public land and they doubled up on on some turkeys this year. And I went out to a public land spot and I seen a real nice buck and. I told people about the buck, but I just didn't tell them where yeah, it was at. Yeah, no, that's you know. completely understandable. And I, I, I'm all about, you know, doing that too. But it's just just basically for us, especially with the youth, is obviously educating in the proper way. Because we heard, yeah. was it a few years ago, a kid literally got beat to a pulp because there was a hunting issue. I think it was out by, uh, it like, down south like Shiawassee area, wasn't it? I thought it was like Shiawassee or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some kid got beat to a pulp over, over hunting. That's what oh, yeah, over a bird. Over some bullshit. Public yeah. land. I mean. You know, it's just, to me, that's that's sad. And, uh, you know, just all the arguments and stuff. And the the big one, really, the whole grind my gears, Peter Griffin here, <laughs> is uh, the whole camo thing, man. That, that right there just pisses. It just makes us all look like a bunch of jackasses. The whole sick, uh, yeah. you know, machine, like, yes, a bunch of our guys in our group are 100% sick. And then there's, you know, Brody, where Brody wears some sick and he wears this. Like, no, we don't razz each other about it. We don't, I don't razz anybody that doesn't wear a certain clothing, but right. that has been the big thing. That's like, that starts more arguments than anything anymore. And it's just my yeah. kid, like my kids start hunting. You, I see you doing that shit. You're, I'll well, take that from you. <laughs> it's it's either sick, uh, like in, in the bow hunting community, it's what kind of bow you're shooting, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean. Matthew's hoy. Yeah, yeah. You know, Joe and I, we, we shoot Matthews, but, you know, we ran into it down at TAC two years ago. We are just walking around, you know, and it just happened to be myself, Joe, and, and one of Joe's buddies, Travis, and we all just happened to have Matthews. Well, a group comes behind us and immediately just starts, like, kind of, like, giving a shit oh, about boys. our, our <laughs> bows. Oh, they shoot like, weights? Uh, I'm not sure what they I shoot. Don't, we I don't really, know. We were just like, oh, okay. And, like, didn't, didn't really, yeah. We didn't know. really care. But it's funny because, like, they started to tone down a little bit because our buddy Travis, he has uh, game over tattooed on his <laughs> eyelids. And I'm not lying. He has tattooed on his eyelids, game over. And they That's seen badass. they finally look Travis, like, in the face and they go, oh, Okay. Probably, but Travis is the nicest guy ever, yeah. dude. He's like so nice, but it's just I like I want that. That is that is funny. Yeah. I want that. I'm gonna get that tattoo. <laughs> well, Travis has a bunch of tattoos. So like yeah. when you first meet him, like when yeah. I first meet him, like he he can be a little intimidating, right? Right. And then uh, you know you talk to him, and it's like, oh okay, you know. But yeah, these dudes, yeah, That's they funny. were. You know, they seen me. I'm pretty small in stature, and then you know, Joe is just you know he he wasn't really, he was just hanging out, and then yeah, they come up and chirp, and Travis turned around and they were like, "Yeah, Matthews is all right." You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, you know, just so you know, we're just screwing around, but yeah. it's it just I don't know, it just kills me, and we're all I, on it, the same team. That's the thing, man, and, and it just makes us look like a bunch of jackasses when you just that, somebody from the outside looking in on this is like, why are these idiots like? Why do I see all this stuff like sick as? this or uh yeah. what's the other one uh first light or this like that's the thing that's like if, if you're if it's jealousy or what it is it's like people that wear it don't like there is the kids that flaunt it because mommy yeah. and daddy bought it right. but i've never flaunted because of what kind of camo ever that i've wore scent I mean, lock when i wore scent lock when i was a deer hunter like i didn't give a shit i wanted to be warm i want to be dry 
I don't give a shit about the rest of that. The name doesn't matter for me, you know? Some of my most favorite camel I still have is the old Walmart special. Yeah. I love it. Now, when you guys do some of these youth events, do you guys ever take these kids out to public land, or you just try to kind of venture uh, we away? We try to keep them on the private, just because yeah. you don't want to run into other people. Yeah. And you want to give these kids a good experience and not give a... I yeah. don't know. We did, we did do one last year. We took uh, Tyler, one of the kids that's on yeah. our Up um, our staff team, or for the you know for eight ten. Uh, it's actually a family member, a distant cousin. But uh, we took him up to the bay, like in an area we knew nobody else would get into. We had to push the boat. You know, it wasn't like the other time the other experiences. Yeah, but. I mean, yeah, your most of your public most of my public land experiences are positive. It's just yeah. the, there's always the chance. Right. You know, right. and when you have a kid out there, it's not like so like I, Joe and I were talking about trying to, you know, do a turkey hunt or something like that. But like right now, we just don't really have the private land available to to bring, you know, kids out. So, you know, we're going to try to to find some land and, and, and make something like that happen. But I just wouldn't feel comfortable taking somebody else's kid out to a public land and then hoping yeah. things something doesn't happen yeah no that's that's definitely the risk too like that was a thing like we thought about with uh she actually she just popped in here on the on our live here jessica and um that's the thing we made sure of was we weren't going to be in layout blinds and stuff because we didn't want the risk of kid popping up shooting a dog or somebody else because layout blinds are one of the most dangerous spots because people walking if somebody walks across the blind to go retrieve a bird kid didn't have a safety on his load and a gun goes off somebody's getting shot it's Good luck, a good chance it could probably kill you. I mean, it will. Um, so, like, that was the one thing we were, you know, big on was making sure nobody got uh, nobody got hurt. So, um, yeah, that is a definitely a big risk <laughs> when you're taking somebody else's kid. But that's the other thing, too, like the waterfall hunt we did. The parents were in their vehicles. They could actually watch their kids hunt with the scenario we had there. And most, a lot of scenarios outside of going on the bay, like we took uh, Tyler's dad with us. His dad went out there. He didn't, obviously it was youth hunt, so none of us had our guns in our hands, just the kid. But uh, the other ones, they, they're able to watch, you know, from a distance. Yeah, I think in the event that whenever Joe and I get the land or whatever to be able to do that, um, I'll always invite at least one parent, you know, if right. you want to come, yeah. you know, just to enjoy it. Because I know as a, as a dad myself, like, if my kid was, you know, going to get a chance to shoot a turkey or shoot a deer or something like that, I'd want to be there with them to experience that with right, them. But right. also because, you know, you don't know, like, you know, I, I have good intentions, but ultimately you have no idea who I am. Oh, and yeah. You're, you're involved in weapons and things like it's, that. It's, it's a sick it's, world, unfortunately, uh, lived in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, we're, we're excited. We've we're, we're got some other stuff in the works, hopefully. Uh, we're going to do more with the fishing club. Um Anytime we can come up with something, you know, like I said, with Jessica Ann, with her stuff, she's got, like, she travels, she's trying to get to every state. That's her goal. And, uh, we, you know, we donate clothing to that, like the hoodies, like kind of like this one right here uh, with her logos on it and a little logo of ours on there just as a little touch to it. And just something for the kid to have for a long time, you know, and uh, just the education they get out of it. Um, a lot of great sponsors that donate to this stuff. And, you know, that's the thing we're kind of hope looking for down the road too is, you know, all the sponsors eventually to start – Help, helping with that stuff because we're going to do the best we can, you know, to donate fishing poles and um, anything we can to make it a great experience for these kids. Because again, the township we're doing that, doing a lot of the stuff through because they have the facilities for it and a lot of fish. Like it's stocked. Like there's a lot of fish in this place, so we should do pretty good. But they can only do so much. Yeah. So like we have, we're going to go talk to see if the grab bag or anybody else wants to help out with it or anything. Like we're not looking for even a monetary thing. It's just if anything, like. Small, you just some weather is what you're gonna need. Yeah, well, we're, I think we'll be we should be good. I mean, we're obviously supposed to warm up next week. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think there were that was a big discussion on the Saginaw Bay thing today. Was they were talking about like that's not gonna hurt our ice unless the wind gets crazy. 
obviously. Well, yeah, on lakes and stuff, it it won't be awful. Yeah. The Saginaw Bay, Saginaw Bay might hurt a little bit. If you get a south, you know, southwest yeah. wind, it's gonna be a bad day. But um, no, yeah, I uh, if I can get the day off of work, whatever, I'll probably come out there. Oh, no, definitely, man, I that'd be awesome. I love ice fishing. I just bought a brand new electric auger, a brand new <laughs> flasher. I got a shanty. Like I'll, I'd be just jacked to start putting it out there and start showing kids how to use oh, stuff yeah. like that. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. Our group, uh, anything we do is never half-ass. Yeah. Like boats, uh, our all of the equipment stuff. Like we, that's the thing. When you have a group, it's easier to you know everybody pitches in on it. Yeah. Or you just have a guy that's like you know fucking I'm buying this. Like Travis has just bought what was like a three thousand dollar. He bought pan optics. Pan optics like oh. that bad at like almost see the damn fish on there and he's still learning and stuff. But it's and then sweet. and then um, Seth's got the Markham the camera and that he can save videos like okay yeah. just it, it's absolutely unreal like you're watching this fish that's 20 feet down and you're watching it grab your hook you know like actually the actual fish and he's recording it and it's it's just cool i mean yeah we got the aquaview camera we got a couple flashers yeah that's i mean it, yeah, this is the first time i got a flasher and i was so mad because we haven't had any ice at all yet yeah. we, we've been out a couple times out. this year we've been yeah, in we, some marinas we and got out of the saginaw river at one point i was out of the saginaw river in december but i hadn't yeah. i went to the big fishing expo there in january and i bought the flasher and then i just got a lithium battery for it and i can't wait to use it but <laughs> yeah i uh you'll be able to get out on the bay this weekend well it, the problem with the bay is you got to go way out I, I don't i just i don't know I'm, I, well you can catch a perch out there right now no i don't know i think i'm gonna my wife i'm i'm, I'm hoping the river freezes <laughs> yeah That's i've gone out to the saginaw bay two years on that river this weekend you got a set of nuts on you <laughs> <laughs> i uh I've been out on the Saginaw Bay twice uh, with a charter, and man, if if you got the equipment to go out there and fish, it's yeah. it's hard to beat that. I'm sure we can arrange that to get out there this summer too. Yeah, because that's the thing. Travis I've never has got done a big it in the summer, but no, I've, no. Yeah, Travis has got a big uh, big boat. We can get out there. We'll that's what troll. we did a couple times this year and do some trolling and stuff. Like that's the thing. We're always almost every weekend our groups together. I mean, we were together a lot during the week too. Well, we'll have to get but, together, and I'll bring yeah. my dog out. We'll get Joe to come out there yeah. too, and. Uh, yeah, we'll get, get the a, A300s. Get yeah, a A1. I'll bring Emily's uh, A300. I'll bring yeah. the old Mossberg 500 and hope it go well. I got a Rosini, uh, too, if you want it. Rosini, sorry. I always say Rosini. Rosini. I don't know what that is. It's a really is. nice shotgun. Italian, is it those Italian ones? Yeah. Yeah. It's a over under, but yeah. Honestly, I want to get one of those because I want to get into more skeet shooting and stuff. Because obviously, I'll, as a bird hunter, it's dude. I'll show you. It's go, a yeah. sick go, fucking uh, gun. We're gonna have to change our choke tubes out though. Oh, screw that! I'll leave it in there. <laughs> full, full choke, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Who did I just go with? We we shot. Oh, John and I, my buddy John and I, they went to Missouri with me. We just went out rev hunting the other day, and yeah, I got an extra full choke in there. It sticks out of my barrel that far. <laughs> like that's okay. a waterfall I took, choke. Uh, <laughs> the first time I went out this year. I couldn't find my modified choke, and so all I had in there was my turkey choke, and I was oh. like, well, fuck it. I guess yeah. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to wait for him to get out a little bit further and so like shoot him in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, so, is there anything else? I mean. I mean, I feel like we could probably keep going. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure we could. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, uh, think other thing, too, is, you know, just go over and check out our website. Yeah. Uh, I see on our TikTok live here people were saying, like, they like to help out with that stuff. Eventually, I want to – that's the thing I've – Started to start discussing is having another part like we're a non you know not or a nonprofit you know for that type of stuff trying to figure out how to do it because it's hard as a business like I don't ever want to sound greedy by any means because again all of us have other jobs outside right. of this so again everything we do for eight ten we put back into like our hunting the tip create content which in turn you know people go to a YouTube channel and then it brings people to our website and buys our clothing our clothing is where we make our money 
you know, we do make some money off TikTok lives and uh, off Instagram. Now we're monetized on there and we're getting close on YouTube. So once that happens, like, again, all that money we're taking is going towards, you know, doing these youth events and stuff. And it's, uh, it's fun. I get more excitement out of that than even hunting myself anymore. Like my daughter, she's more into taking photos than actually hunting. So kind of, it's cool, but I want to see more kids getting into that, you know, just that excitement level when, you know, Brody took me, Brody and Travis took me for my goose hunt, them seeing me, you know, like, I'm like, I can't stop now. It's like crack, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, crack's probably cheaper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I would guarantee that. Yes. This year was very expensive, uh, especially the out of state hunts. It was unreal. Like just in, just in gas between each truck, we spent a thousand dollars in each truck going to North Dakota. Yeah. We took two trucks out there with uh, seven far? of us. It's uh, 18 hours. Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't know why in my head I only it feels it like, like you're in the car for three days. Yeah. Dude. In Missouri is 11 hours and it feels like you're there now. Yeah. It's well, so I, weird. I went to I Missouri for a deer hunt and it was, uh, it was about nine hours because we were in the northeast part of Missouri. But yeah, I, I don't know. This year, I think I, when I went to Kansas, we took, I flew from Michigan to North Carolina and we drove and it was 12. But I think from Michigan to Kansas, it's like uh, like fourteen hours. Yeah, so. that's where we're where we go to Missouri. Uh, Todd's Creek Outfitters is in Mountain City, which is you can see Nebraska. You can okay. see the river, the Missouri River, yeah. right? Is you could we could see it. It was kind of crazy. So we're all the way on the, almost to Nebraska, Kansas. You know, so it's it's a hike, but it's all worth it in the long run. Like just the the networking we've done, we've created a lot of gr- great friends and. Um, just stuff for us for, you know, future, like stuff, these guys are deer hunters. So if I want to go deer hunting in these places, I have these friends now, but again, I, waterfall is my, my love. I'm going to put that into that and then hoping, you know, doing stuff with the youth and, but, uh, I'm, I'm so excited for the future. It's, it's grown up pretty big. You know, obviously we've met, again, we've met a lot of cool people in it and, uh, just keep going with it, with the kids and yeah. I mean, that's like why I named this podcast generations to hunt. Cause yeah. It's not about it's yes, it's about me doing being outside and all that, but once I'm gone, I'm I'm dead. I mean, right? No, one I want other people to enjoy, I want my kids to enjoy, I want other people that you know, because I felt like I got robbed as it like because I didn't start hunting heavily and all that till I was 20 something. I kind of got robbed of a childhood, I think, a little bit of you know, them years of struggle now i'm struggling when i'm 30 to, to learn <laughs> yeah it. like i think i mean for me it was more along the lines i didn't really have no one in my family hunted so there was nobody to show me so i man it, don't get me wrong it's 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 not always rough learning the, the hard way or it's not always bad learning the hard way but for kids it can be you know that's the hardest part about keeping people in there is if there's no one like people don't want to struggle to have fun you know, right. they you just, know, they, they, and for kids, if they, if they can get with someone and, and that knows what they're doing and help and teach them, right. it makes that a lot more enjoyable for them yeah. and your chances of keeping them in the sport yeah. are a lot that's higher. That's the thing. Like there's obviously a, a pandemic of drug, you know, kids with, you know, methamphetamine and all this other stuff right now and not to get too deep into it, but I'd rather a kid be hooked on hunting than yeah. get caught up into drugs and me have to run, you know, push Narcan down their nose, up their nose so that they can live another day, you know? you know, hopefully not overdose again. You know, it's just, I'd rather that kids be doing that type of stuff. You're not playing like video games. I, I played them when I was a kid, but I still was always outside messing around because again, strength in numbers, man, when it comes to hunting, they could try to take the shit from us. They oh. are trying already Oh you know, yeah, with, 100%. With, with firearms and everything else. Like it's, it's getting scary, you know, today's day. But, uh, I think, that, I mean, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of <laughs> revenue comes from it, but it's, uh, you know, good luck trying to take it from us. But again, strength in numbers and, you know, just teaching the people the right way. So you don't have these little assholes with the flat bills you know fucking shit up for everybody else you know like that's teach them the right way 
Because yep. the parents that aren't teaching their kids the right way, they become little assholes, right? It's just it don't not, not even in the hunting industry. It's just in general. You're always going to have issues with Oh, things. you're going to, but... Right, but, you can take them away from us all you want. You're just going to make things worse. Oh, for sure. It's them people with them bedazzled jeans, I tell you. They're fucking nuts. <laughs> 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 that's the that's the like funny thing when I say flat bills. There's these these kids. Um, as I TikTok for some reason the only thing they'll buy Sika. I don't know what it is. But they'll buy the flat do flat bill Sika hats and they just they're the biggest shit bags. They're the ones that are playing with birds, uh, crippled birds and they're blind making TikToks trying to be funny. Mm. It is so frustrating, man. And that's it, such a, a bad. It's a business. Yeah, I mean y'all swear and do this stuff, but it's so hard for me not to just light them up because I know what's gonna happen if I do. All the little buddies and the ones that think yeah. it's okay, they're just gonna make my life hell. And that's not what I want. And that's not why I would do it. But I have a buddy. I don't know if he's still on here, Corey, on this on our TikTok live here. He uh, he for a while he's doing a thing. It was called Just Ring It, and that got really big. Like we actually made a shirt on it. We were selling the shirt with his like it kind of looks like outline of his face, and it did really well because he was doing these Just Ring It. He didn't give a shit. He's like. I got no affiliation with nothing. Screw you. Just ring your damn bird, you know, like kill the bird. Quit oh, playing yeah. with a dance. It's not a, well, a freaking The biggest at that point. issue with things like that is uh, the image of that is bad. So like oh, non-hunters, yeah. they, they take that and run. And like even as a hunter, like ultimately we are taking an animal's life, but I'm not I'm not just trying to make this animal suffer. Like, no, you know, no. Obviously, you know, goose hunting and deer hunting is a, little, a lot different in, you know, thing. You, you're, you're shooting at a moving animal. But, like, if I put a bad shot on a on a deer um, and I have to wait, it's, man, it's, it's a gut-wrenching feeling. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, I mean. Even bird. I feel bad birds sitting there suffering. That's yeah. instantly yeah. finish or ring them, you know. Even too. that deer that deer you shot this year. Oh, yeah. Somebody shot it in the head. Like, that. Yeah, each their own, but that is one thing that pisses me off more than anything because there's so much room for error there. People yeah. that take that will brag about headshots. I I just right. me that's my opinion. I I'm not gonna go against you, but it, to me it pisses me off. Like fucking garbage. It, it's it's the dog. I literally I see this deer coming up this ridge from like 300 yards away. I'm like, what in the hell is hanging on that deer? I thought like it had something stuck around its no. neck. No, it was his whole jaw. Like this deer no. is suffering. I don't know who knows how long for. Right. So thank God it literally like it was like a guy's. It came right in front of me. It was a e. I mean at 450, I could have reached out at that point and got it right when I first seen it close to, but uh, 50 yards right or not even that was like 15 yards when I finally I was like dropped it right there. I'm like thank God. Dude. And then donated the meat you know what i mean like i wasn't even after it you know the dough i was just i guess it's my turn I was yeah like, everybody's just <laughs> playing with this day <laughs> but uh i like you said about people like oh my god like doing the ring in the neck dude i can remember being like 10 years old i'd probably even younger than that my grandma going right outside grabbing a chicken <laughs> ringing the neck and killing it and coming inside and plucking it and having that for yep. dinner i mean Yep. It's a whole different. I mean, there's just some soft hand motherfuckers out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'd rather like put your big boy pants on. You know. <laughs> you know. Take a rabbit and you know, snap it. You know, real quick on a tree or something like that to yeah. to just get it over with. Like, oh, it's yeah. not fun. Yeah. It's something squealing. Me. Like people yeah. like you see people taking videos of that stuff. Yeah. Like and just it's putting like funny music and stuff. Like come on, man, yeah. grow up. Like I, it's it's not fun to just to grab an animal and and end its life like that. But Ultimately, I'd much rather do oh, that yeah. than stand there and yeah. talk to Joe for 20 minutes while it sits there and suffers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just get it done with. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the funny thing is they always come up with excuses. Oh, it was uh, this and that, or it was already just flown around. <laughs> just finish be it. Done. Be done don't with even, it. Yes. Don't even – why would you even put yourself in that predicament of you did – like say you caught it somehow or right. the bird was stuck to the – like come on. 
just don't even video it because yeah. people are going to think that you wounded it and now you're playing with it because of all the other little assholes that are doing it. It's, it's kid, a lot of 90% of it's kids. I mean, what did you do right after I shot that turkey? I ran out there. No, other one, you, you turned the camera off. Oh, yeah. You turned the camera off. He's like, no, no one, no one needs to see that. Right. No one needs to see that. I mean, it's not it's not for entertaining purpose anymore. No, it's, yeah, unfortunately, I, some I, people it, don't it, turn it into more, but. But it, it's just the natural flop of a bird that people don't understand. That's just their body just yeah, well, yeah. reacting. It's already I mean, dead. There's, there's been times where we wring a bird's neck, throw it in the corner of the blind, and then all of a sudden you look up, and there's a goose standing there looking at you, and you're like, how are you still, how is it still even alive? Mm. Tough yeah. bastards. So yeah, I'm getting a finisher next year. <laughs> we, I've put the use the finishers too, and it don't. Yeah, those don't out, north, I don't out, like out in Missouri, they were because the snow geese. You just pop it in there, and it just it's done. What it, is that? It's called a finisher. It's literally like a little, looks like a little thumb on a sharp with a sharp point. They put it in the back of their skull, and it's it piece punctures, and it just ends them right there. It's supposed to end them right head. there. Jeez. They call it the finisher. But it's it's one of the they like especially with snow geese and stuff like they're already a sissy bird anyway. You hit them with one piece of steel, you know, one BB hit up, and they usually knock down, and then you're chasing them around. <laughs> so they they're pretty easy to end. But in ringing the neck, it's just sometimes it doesn't always work. I need to get that for rabbits. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they don't have anything like that. Rabbits yeah. are rough, man. You shoot one in the back, and you gotta here's the bad it. shot. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I mean. Oh, that's always a debate in the in the goose blind. Or there's some times where Brody got mad at me this year, and I got mad at him because we were grazzing each other about shooting. Because it's just some days you just have a shit day. Yeah. And then one of our last hunts where I just got back from Missouri, and I was on I me mean, my shot cam. I run the shot cam, which shows where I'm at. And I'm just blasting birds. You know, it was cool as hell. And then Travis me and Seth were hunting together, and Daniel. And we had a couple flocks coming. I couldn't hit anything, man. It was you guys finally were, the end of the hunt. I finally knocked one down. I was like, woo, you know. You guys are in for a treat when we go out because I'll tell you, like, uh, it feels like days I'm by myself, man, I'll just be mashing yeah. rabbits. No problem. Oh, I'll give you shit. But I'll, I'll get with a couple of people. Yeah. Like last year, I went out with a couple of buddies, man, and this rabbit, I'm not kidding you, it runs across and it pokes its head out and stops. Damn thing might as well looked at me. And I pull my gun up, shoot. Missed it completely. Just <laughs> at five yards, and my buddy was like, "What yeah, the was, hell are you doing?" That man? was our buddy Dan out at Lake House. <laughs> there was two singles that came in, and he was the only one that had his gun. We were still setting up, and they were like, I don't know, thirty yards away. From Not me. even that, yeah. <laughs> like flying right to left, and he missed both of them. And that was the ongoing joke for the. And rest that was the thing. Like, Daniel's a, a really good shot. Like everybody in our group, I can't say we have any guy in our group that's just terrible. We really don't. I mean, everybody is a shooter for the most part, but everybody has their bad days, and when you do. You don't live it down. And it's something yeah. like, I get, like, I started to get front and, and I try to, like, remember like, how I am with people. Like, I'll give people shit and I'm like, why are you getting pissed? And then me, I get pissed because I'm like, because yeah. I'm ha- I'm the one having that bad day now. So it's, it's kind of as time goes on. on oh, way. yeah. When, yeah. I, when I'm on my game, like, you know, it's it's fun. But yeah, they're tough. They're tough. Like, out in North Dakota, I called a single out and I shot I shot it and I know I hit that bird three times and it kept flying. I think everybody went, it was like, it's a in our YouTube line. video. It was like a fire yeah. line. It just kept going down, down, and then finally got to the last person, took some more shots, and then just fell out of the sky. It was weird. Like, we literally, you see the feathers coming out, like, shooting through this bird, <laughs> and it's still like, nee, 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 nee. we're like, what is going? You hear it, watch our YouTube video. I think it's episode one of this year for North Dakota. It, it's two. hilarious. Two. Ep- episode two, yeah. It was uh, it was a blast uh, watching that knot. But what? That bird is still flying. Oh. oh. <laughs> So have you ran into any government drone birds yet? Mm-mm. No? Never even heard of what that. Did you come up No, with? you ever heard that theory that 
birds aren't real because they stand on power <laughs> yeah, lines. Yep. They stand on power lines and all char- that. Charge back up. This, this, char- this sounds like a uh, flat earth. It's theory. a conspiracy, man. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> it's drones. So oh. I really want to thank you guys for taking your time. I know it's no, fucking. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, man. It's always a blast. And like, yeah. it's always fun to pick you guys' brain because we just don't. Like, me and Matt will be talking in like October and be like, them guys are still goose hunting right yeah. now like <laughs> we're still large and in charge yeah. man i know we're like man them guys are nuts though yeah and that's the cool thing i mean not to drag this on any longer but no. that's the cool thing about even waterfall is now you can chase waterfall down the down the country yeah so like i think a lot of people are starting to close up now but conservation season's starting up now so now you can only shoot white you know whites and blues you know so it's uh you're getting to that point now where what is it end of march i think is completely done for conservation i think that's what it is yeah but it's that's the cool thing about it is you can keep chasing it but it, when it's done it's done it's right. it's, a, it's a true depression man I, <laughs> I hate to use that d word but it is because you're like no i'm not with the gang every weekend hunting birds i mean yeah we're doing other things but catching walleye yeah i mean yeah. i'm just getting in the fishing now too but oh good <laughs> luck i at least with ice fishing like I'd, I'd actually rather ice fish than uh you know water and water fish i don't know that's just open way, water yeah water. Right. yeah but uh <laughs> water yeah i'm out there that's why i'm so disappointed that water we haven't wet. had any uh we haven't any ice this year so yeah there's nothing better than catching a walleye on a log rod though that's yeah. good i've only ever done it on the river you know in the spring when they're running in and it was a lot of fun but yeah i've never caught a walleye we gotta yeah, get him out fit. he yeah. he won't it's different i, I hate but, fishing yeah. If you even I, if you go trolling in the summer, dude, dude. any any kind of fish, I don't know okay, what happened, okay. dude. You go trolling in the summer, it's more beer drinking. Yeah, you're not you're not doing you don't have the pole in your hand. I, uh, w- I we've done the panel boards and all that. That's what that is. I know. Still don't. <laughs> it just doesn't enter, entertain me. I don't know. I'm just a weird guy, man. Maybe it was my dad that like he made me go to all them bluegill tournaments when i was that's younger just, as a kid and i was like man these suck that's just because you're not with it's to me it's everything like you hunt with a group i've hunted yeah. i've goose hunted with other people before and it's nowhere near when you're with a good group of guys like yeah. these guys like they were okay dudes but it's just not your group it's yeah. not fun you know like our group has ways of making everything fun you know yeah. no matter what even if somebody's having a really bad day or hungover or something we still have a great time yeah. <laughs> well so i think that's a good part to close her out oh yeah okay.